Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus. God and baby. Jesus. Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, November 18, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Cat Morris. Man, I am shot out of a cannon tonight. I got a lot of shit to talk about. Um, man, um, first thing I think I'm going to get into is the Jersey All-Pro Show. Um, at the 10 o'clock hour, I'm going to have current uh, Jersey All-Pro light heavyweight champion Black G's calling into the show. He's been on the show many times in the past. Good friend of mine. And, um, you know, he's always good to talk to. So, uh, you know, a couple topics to touch on with him. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking to him around 10. But um, first things first, the Jersey All-Pro 19th anniversary show, also the, the Fat Frank Memorial Show, um, you know, went down on Saturday. Um, and, you know, obviously very, very emotionally charged show. Um, you know, a lot, a lot went into this, you know, this was a show that when it was initially planned out by fat Frank, you know, he started talking about the show and he got really, really excited about it. I mean, 
when he booked Rey Mysterio versus Loki, he was sitting on that announcement and he just kept talking about it. And no, wait till I announce this. Wait till you hear this. And you're not going to believe the this dream match, possibly the biggest dream match of the Indies. I mean, he was so excited to have put this down on, on paper and that it was going to be executed in, uh, in Rawway. Um, you know, he had said, we're going to have to take a wall down to fit all the crowds in the, all the crowd in there. Apparently, you know, previously in uh, the Rawway Rec Center, there's a wall that kind of separates where, like, the locker room area and, uh, I guess, you know, retractable wall. And uh, sure enough, you know, to uh, live up to Fat Frank's promise, they did move that wall and, uh, you know, filled it with convention stuff and a whole lot more crowd area. And, um, man, this show was awesome. Um, I was given the privilege and honor of um, ringside doing ringside photography on this show. It was only my second show that I've ever done ringside photography on. The other was, yeah, again, um, I was given the privilege by Fat Frank. And, uh, you know, I've only done ringside photography on two shows in my life, and they're both, both Jersey All-Pro shows. Um, I mean, those guys have just been so generous to me over time it's just unbelievable. Um, you know, it's crazy because I, I had went to Jersey all pro and I've said this before, but I mean, it, it bears repeating, but I had gone to Jersey all pro on and off over the years. Um, you know, been to quite a few Jersey all pro shows, but I mean, there's no secret about it. I'm a CZW guy. You know, I started going to CZW in 2001, February of 2001. And I missed a handful of shows for over a decade of attending. Um, you know, over that time, I've gotten very familiar with a lot of the wrestlers and everything like that. You know, the, the different people know who I am. Even, you know, Zandig, um, although he's he's not the, uh, you know, the, the most outgoing or, um, you know, uh, comforting type of dude. I had been told by, you know, a couple of people that, you know, he really liked us as far as fans. He liked the way that we reacted to things. At one point, he moved us to, like, the hard cam side. And, um, you know, he had been, like, just really happy with, you know, us as, as loyal fans. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, it's it wasn't like a, you know, a fan of the year plaque or any kind of crazy shit like that out of Zandig, but I had gotten, you know, somewhat of an acknowledgement through other people saying, yeah, he, he likes you guys. And I mean, I was shocked to hear that, but that's about as much, you know, as you're going to get from John Zandig. So to me, that was always awesome. Just knowing that, you know, um, you know, he, he respected and, you know, liked that, uh, he had these loyal fans in us. Um, over the years, I had such an unspoken just reservation on front row. It was just, it was unbelievable. The amount of new people that I brought to CZW over the years, I mean, you could probably fill a bus with that amount of people. And some were just like one-time people. But I talked people who weren't even into wrestling. Like, you got to come see this. This is crazy shit. Like, even if you don't like wrestling, you'd like this. This is some over-the-top crazy shit. And I would bring all sorts of different people from work and shit. I had, like, I mean, we would add, like, the plus one to our, you know, me and Nina, and then we'd add, like, one or two people on a constant basis. There were some people that would come with us for months and months, and then next thing you know, we'd have somebody else. I mean, we would always try to put people on to the product. I was always trying to show people things and this and this. So, 
you know, there was always a dedication and a loyalty there out of me. Um, and I'm going to get back to Jersey Alpha in a minute, but this is, um, you know, I'm just, just trying to, you know, go it as far as my loyalty went, right? Um, when DJ bought the company, I, I don't feel like that, that really continued. I mean, I got, you know, my, my same reservation, front row, all of that deal. I missed a year. I had to stop going. Um, you know, I had some different problems as far as, uh, obviously, you know, I definitely had my alcohol problem. I'm, again, over two years sober now. But um, I, I had an issue, and mainly stemming from Brett Lauderdale. He started some shit, um, you know, rumor-wise and stuff like that, and it was going to turn into something physical. And I, I didn't have any restraint, especially, you know, during the times of my alcoholism and stuff. And it just, I knew if I showed up and saw him, there wasn't going to be a talk. There wasn't going to be a restraint. It, it was best that I stayed away from there to, you know, remove the possibility of some bad shit going down. I, you know, I'm not trying to, even in the depths of my alcoholism, I was smart enough to know that, like, I'm not trying to go to jail over fucking wrestling. You know what I mean? So I stopped going for a year time. Well, I came back, and that that's it. I mean, that I've lucked out and gotten front row maybe two times, but I've gotten zero courtesy paid towards me as far as, like, hey, you're the guy who's been there for 10 years might take a couple months, but, you know, we'll get you back into that front row, you know, we'll hook you up. And again, I'm not trying to push anybody out of the way, but absolutely zero, um, you know, generosity was paid towards me. Okay. So again, that's, that's what CCW has, has turned into for me as far as loyalty and, and I'm even showing any appreciation on, on longevity uh, of my support. So, now, Jersey All-Pro, like I said, was an on and off. I would, I would go when I could, when CZW wasn't running or stuff. And, and man, Jersey All-Pro, if one thing Fat Frank didn't give a fuck about was uh, running up against other shows, man. He would run up against Cage of Death Ruthless. He didn't give a shit. He was so confident in that product that he would run dead up against Cage of Death. He didn't care. He told me when he came on the show, the <laughs> he regretted um, – running that dual show with Cage Death because he thought he would have drawn more, drew more if he ran against them. I mean, it, it's just, and you got to love the confidence he had in his product because if you look at the stuff that he was putting out there, it was unique. It was something that, that wasn't just carbon copy of everybody else's company. He had his crew that was well different from everybody else's crew and it's well documented that a lot of that crew was the, the groundwork of what Ring of Honor became. You know, they, they cherry-picked a lot of that shit out of the um, the Jersey All-Pro home fed. You know, the Lokis, the the Homicides, the Hit Squad, the, you know, all of those guys, Xavier. All those guys were, you know, Jersey All-Pro through and through before any of the um, – I mean, the list goes on and on. But um, so anyway, I would, you know, go when I could when uh, they weren't double booked. And, uh, yeah, I always liked their product. Um, well – you know, I, I had Fat Frank on last year, and within that just one time of having Fat Frank on, it, it was like an immediate, like, immediate generosity where I didn't ask for anything. I, I'm not the type to do that, man. I don't, I don't try to weasel my way into anything. I, I'm just not the type of guy. Maybe I lose out on things over time because I don't put pressure on things or I'm not aggressive about things because I see a lot of little weaselly bastards that you know, run into CZW and they start asking for things and, and maybe they get a few more things handed to them than I do as far as a fan goes. Maybe, maybe, you know, the, um, 
what do they say, the uh, squeaky wheel gets the oil or whatever. I've never been that, that wheel, you know what I mean? I'll talk my opinion on products, but I don't put people out. I don't really ask people for shit. You'll so always notice that about me. I really, I'd rather fucking not say anything than, than bother somebody. You know what I mean, that's that's just kind of what I'm I'm about. Uh, do shit for myself. Um, so, you know, it was more or less like completely handed to me that 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 Frank gave me the opportunity to ringside photography, and and it was like it was like not even a big deal to him, which to me is, is crazy because he doesn't know me. I mean, he did a, you know, he did my podcast and this and that, but that, that was such like an over the top thing to me, you know, and, and he passed and Pierre continued. I mean, Frank had already told me I could shoot the show. And then, um, you know, Pierre came through on it and, um, actually just, you know, hooked me up the same way that Frank would have. And, you know, the generosity right there, it's like, you got more of like that family feeling in, in just a small amount of, you know, just showing your loyalty and doing what you would normally do if you're really into a product and you support something. And the payback was just, you know, again, it, it's not like that type of exchange for me where I'm looking for something, but in the same token, it, it was like, it, it kind of went without being said. And, you know, the same thing I pointed out on, um, you know, uh, the, the tribute show I did for Frank and Frank went up to the top of the bleachers, grabbed whack packer Hogan. Cause he saw that he had a front row seat open and, and Hogan's such a loyal fan. It, it looked better on camera to fill that seat. And why not go out of your way to help a guy who, you know, is crazy loyal. You know, it's, it's stuff like that, that, that I'll never forget. He did a favor for Hogan that day and I'll never forget it because, that's the type of generosity that you don't see out of everybody. And, you know, as a, as a very easy example of me attending all those years at CZW, and I'm just another jerk off the DJI. And I don't care because, I mean, to me, he's just another jerk off that just happened to buy CZW, which is, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. He doesn't owe me anything. But, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. So, anyway, I got the ringside shoot this. I, I feel like I, I improved quite a bit. Now, I didn't get all the pictures up yet. Um, it, it's, man, I had 500 and something pictures, and um, I, I'm doing them little by little. As you see, I'm posting them up, uh, like, match by match, and I got to go through and edit them and everything like that. So I'm doing pretty good with them. I got, I think, about four or five matches left or something. But, um, you know, it was a long show. Definitely say that about the show. It was a long show, but to be expected. I, um, you know, I expected, like, all right, I'm going to go, um, probably get home, be able to, you know, throw on that UFC, watch Ronda Rousey. <laughs> that shit was over long before I got home. But, man, especially in the position that I was in, the show going all night because it was it was just amazing. You know, and the feeling in that building was, was amazing. Um, so, anyway, um, the show started out, and um, they started out, I think they started out kind of late. That might have, you know, contributed to, um, you know, it running so late. But to be expected, because with everything that they have lined up, Frank not being part of a Jersey All-Pro show is, you know, it's a, it's a miracle that there was a Jersey All-Pro show without Fat Frank. And, you know, without the guys, you know, that, that do what they do there. And, and the list is long. I mean, you can easily, you know, point out Jeff and, and uh, Pierre, but I mean, the list is long and those guys really all came together and put on a, just an amazing show 
So, um, you know, they started out, I think, well, after 8. It was going to start at 7.30 or 7.40. And um, they did a half-hour tribute, awesome, awesome video tribute to uh, Fat Frank. And, um, you know, the 10 Bell salute and everything else. But, um, you know, brought out his family, had his family in the ring and everything. And, um, you know, the ring surrounded by the entire locker room, which is pretty surreal to me because I'm just taking pictures and now I'm standing with, you know, with the locker room crew as, as you know, part of the tribute here. Oh, I missed something. Just, um, the show actually started with my intro video that I, or intro song that I made with uh, King Nothing with the Fat Frank clips in there. It actually started with that song to kick the whole show off which um, Pierre had hit me up the night before and asked me if he could use it. Of course, man, of course you can use it. You know what I mean? But to me, it was like, dude, that's something that I made. I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, I've never been like a, you know, professional production guy or, or, you know, any kind of editor to that level. You know, I dick around with a little program on my computer for my little podcast. You know, never did I think that, you know, with thousands of people in attendance, something I created, we'd be playing through the speakers to honor a man that, that put on this type of entertainment that built this company that meant so much to so many people and something that I did came through the speakers. I mean, that, that was just incredible. You know what I mean? And, and Pierre thanked me for, for letting him use it, but that's bullshit. Fucking thank you, Pierre, for, for giving my shit some airplay to help honor Frank, man. I, I mean, if it does, did anything to to better the show, just to start the show, anything that it contributed, I, I am honored, completely honored. So that, that was how it started. And uh, like I said, you know, ring surrounded, um, you know, with, with all the wrestlers, you know, and, um, you know, the show starts out, you know, and, and Frank's son's in the ring, and, man, he, he looks just like Frank. You know, he, he kicked off the show, you know, hyping the crowd up like Frank would. You know, it, it was just such a cool moment. Um, so starting off of that, we go into the, the opening contest, which was the best of the light heavyweight. And you had Arcadia, Leo Rush, David Starr, Lance Noi, um, Steve Scott, and Deranged, because I'm on my way to the show, and I see uh, – I see Shane Strickland uh, checking into Lucha Underground in uh, in Cali, and it's like, oh yeah, ready for the show, or let's go, or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because he was he was booked for that uh, best of the light heavyweight thing. So I don't know like how long that was before. I'm not saying he no showed or anything like that. But at some point, the card changed, and it surely wasn't announced online. Um, so. I honestly, and I'm a big Shane Strickland fan, and I really like the dude personally, but I thought Derange was a way, way better fit because he was an old-school Jersey All-Pro guy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought that was really cool. So um, this was a great match. I mean, the um, the back-and-forth action, these best-of-the-light heavyweight matches are great. I mean, these are... You know, this type of, you know, multi-man scramble matches and stuff, action-packed. I mean, shit is just popping off. It, it was really good. Um, again, you know, I 
being ringside is is a whole nother ball game, man. I give a lot of credit to these guys who do the uh, the photography on a regular basis because just just to give everybody who hasn't done this before like a a quick run through of what it takes. It's like you gotta obviously you gotta avoid the wrestlers because you know you don't want to get in the way of the show that you're shooting. You know what I mean? So you have that part of things. Then you also have to try to stay out of the way of the camera crew because the last thing you want is the DVD come out and some jerk-off shooting pictures jumping in front of the fucking camera. That would be horrendous as well. And they got wires coming off the cameras. you got to make sure you don't trip over those. You want to try to stay as low and out of the way and kind of moving to stay out of the way of the people who paid to watch the show because I've been sitting in the crowd before too and had a cameraman that just would not move and stand in front of me the entire show. And that sucks. Sat in the crowd and wanted, you know, whatever cameraman that was to, to pass away sometime during the show. So I would have to, you know, I'd stop seeing them. None of the pictures he was taking was worth shit to me if I couldn't see the show, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I've been on the other side of the thing where, I keep this stuff in mind. I'm very conscious about other people's shit, you know. And um, so, and you also kind of want to stay off the hard cam side because, again, you don't want to be part of the show. You want to photograph the show and be as invisible as possible. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot to avoid. You want to also try to get the other cameramen who are there shooting pictures courtesy, to, you know, to get their shots and not jump on where they're at either. So it's rough, and especially multi-man matches, there's guys coming from all the place, all over the place. You're watching this, and shit's going on over there. So it, it's intense. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely a whole different way of viewing a show. It's it's not quite the same as sitting in your seat and viewing everything that goes on. So I, I can't wait to see the show on DVD on top of it because, shit, I, I, I might have uh, – I don't want to say that I missed anything because I was very aware of everything going on around me, but I didn't really have the the same opportunity to sit and and just view the match. I was so into getting, capturing the action the best I could. And it's amazing. I I absolutely love ringside shooting. Hope to be able to do it again in the future, but um, yeah, there's nothing like it. So um, Arcadia won that match. Um, during the match, Steve Scott got a selfie ton bomb off. He, uh, it's, it's getting some internet buzz because he did, uh, you know, he does his selfies during moves and, you know, taunts and, you know, with the other guys and all that stuff. And he did like a swanton where he took a selfie in the air. And uh, that, that was uh, pretty unique. I never saw anything like that before. I, I got a good picture of it, too. So um, there's that. Um so then the second match was uh, Shelly Martinez versus Kimberly. Uh, Shelly won the match. This was pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, as I said last week, there was a lot of real heat that was pretty well known to the Internet and everything, you know, between uh, Shelly and Kim. They kept it very, very professional, which, I mean, you expect them to do. I mean, they're they're not rookies who are just going to come out there and just, just act stupid. But, um, yeah, it was good. It was definitely good. Um, then you, uh, you had Sean Bennett come out and, uh, you know, presented another tribute video that had some WWE guys with, you know, Sammy Callahan and El Generico and all those guys paying tribute to Fat Frank. He also um, gave the rundown on the whole uh, 
the raffle that they were doing with the NXT belt and, um, you know, a bunch of other things. And they raised, I think, like four grand, which is really great of them. Um, so they did that. Um, next match was uh, Danny DeMano, who <laughs> who put the fat in the Fat Frank tribute <laughs> um, uh, versus E.C. Negro. Um, Danny, man, he, he's just getting fucking big, man. Um you know, shout out to him. Hope everything's good with him. He just he was posting something about just getting out of the hospital and shit. So, um, you know, hope everything's good with him or whatever. But God damn, he's getting fucking big. Yeah, it seems like he gets bigger every time I see him. Um, so, uh, and he was supposed to wrestle um, Grim Reefer, and I don't know what happened there either. But again, EC Negro is a long time Jersey All Pro guy, so it worked out perfect that he was, you know, there to fill in and everything. I'm sure he would have been there, you know, win, lose, or draw. He's a, a diehard dude. And, um, you know, this was pretty good for what it was, you know. Again, I mean, Danny is just so big. I mean, it's got to limit you, man. He took a crazy little fucking spot to the outside on chairs and shit. But, um, so, yeah, that, that there was that. Um Next match was uh, Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae, the world's cutest tag team, versus Heidi Lovelace and Chris Dickinson. Now, you know, I'm a huge Dickinson fan, and um, Heidi Lovelace I haven't really seen a lot of in person before. I think I've seen some of her stuff on tapes, DVDs, whatever you want to call it. Um, Big fan of her. Um, Her facial expressions throughout matches, at least this match for sure, are just off the chain. She's got some crazy fucking faces, and just her expressions over things really sells what she's doing. Um, and, uh, you know, the match I thought went really, really good. Both teams worked really well together, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. You know, um, I, I'm i not a huge fan of Joey Ryan's work, and I'm not a huge fan of Candice LeRae's work, but I think together they work fucking awesome. I think that I enjoy their work the best as a tag team. I think when you you split them up into singles, Candice just seems to dominate everybody, you know, whether they're 300 pounds or, you know, it doesn't matter what they are. This little tiny girl just seems to dominate guys. and eh, It gets old pretty quick. Within a tag match, I think it works pretty well. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I enjoy their work as a tag team, and Dickinson and Lovelace were just a really good fucking tag team. I, I'd like to see more Heidi Lovelace and some stuff. Um, I'm going to look into, you know, seeing some of the different stuff she's doing all over the country because, you know, I don't watch that that many companies, so I'm sure she's doing tremendous shit that I just haven't got a chance to watch. I don't watch tons of women's wrestling either, so. But, um, yeah, yeah, good stuff there. Um Next match was uh, Black G's beating Joey Janela and retaining the light heavyweight title. Um, this was really good. Big fan of both dudes. Um, you know, Janela's got that charisma, and he's he's got that, um, you know, he's got that intensity. And, um, you know, I've said it before. He, he kind of reminds me of like a, you know, a 2015 turn acid. You know, he, he's got that that over-the-top personality. He's got a, you know, a similar type of, um, you know, move sets. Not even specific moves. He does do that uh, backdrop to the sit-out bomb deal. Uh, 
don't remember what they call it, but um, loose under, I don't know, maybe that's not what it is. But, um, you know, he's got a lot of the same type of style, you know what I mean? And he was obviously influenced by Trent, you know. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's a that's a bad thing to be. But, uh, yeah, this was, this was a really good match, and G's won. Um, so, so good shit there. Um, MVP beat Monster Mac, and this this was uh this was a pretty cool surprise because uh, Monster Mac comes out and mops with him, and they put on the Hit Squad shirts and shit, and that was great because you know from everything I had heard, it wasn't gonna be able to happen because uh, PWS was not gonna let Moff work for Jersey All Pro. Now, I don't know the inner workings on how it happened or, or when it, you know, the communication went well or whatever the case was. But, you know, previous to Frank's passing for sure, there was a no-fly zone between um, Jersey All-Pro and, and PWS. Uh, there had been some some heat between them and everything, and uh, they just, you know, they they were not going to work together. There was nothing about it that was going to be uh, cohesive and um you know, uh, I just thought it was a shame because, you know, if anything, Jersey All-Pro, even when they came back, they were only running a couple shows. I know they kind of went they went back into the same building, and, and really they were the one that set that building off. Um, so it became like an immediate, you know, feud heat type of thing. But, I mean, Moff meant so much to Jersey All-Pro, and the hit squad was such a Jersey All-Pro team. You know, you just you just hated to see the fucking, you know, the you know, fly zone or whatever you want to call it. They, you know, where they couldn't fucking do that in, in Jersey Opera of all places. So you know, there was Moff. It looks fucking great. Um, and you know, it was just just a great visual to see those two back together out there, even if it wasn't with a tag match. But um. MVP and Mac was a stiff match, man. They went back and forth. They beat the shit out of each other. Um, yeah, man, that, good stuff. And um, MVP won the match. And then you had, uh, you know, Monster Mac and Moff, you know, go over there like they were going to take him out and shit. Homicide and Hernandez come down. And there's a whole, you know, threat of, you know, let, let's do this and let, let's fight and all that. And, of course, you know, Indy Swerve, as always. They, um, you know, they they said, nah, you know, they rolled out and, like, started making the, like, you know, pay us more money type shit. And um, that was, you know, kind of led right into the uh, EYFBO. I think that's all the letters. <laughs> There's a lot of letters. Um, they, uh, they had a tag match against them. Again, this is a team who I haven't seen a whole lot of live, and they, they're awesome. These guys are really, really good, and um, this this match was awesome. I really, really liked it. Um, great work out of, uh, you know, heel work out of EYFBO, and, um, yeah, I mean, LAX is, is a top tag team. Hernandez is a beast. I haven't seen him live in a long time, and... Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, this match. It was all over the place. They brawled up, up and down the bleachers, and, um, yeah, it was, it was good shit. I think I got that out of order um, because I'm reading the results off of a website who 
got their shit completely wrong. Big surprise. Um, that's the thing with me. Like, I can attend a show. I'm not going to remember the order or something, so I usually try to pull it up on a website. And, and it, it's, it's almost like without fail that none of these fucking websites type the shit up right. Like, even for instance, you know, I know better than to just read that dumb shit, but it says Black Jeezy defeated Joey Janela. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what, what is this shit? That's uh, PWI Insider or PW Insider. So they don't know shit. Um, so anyway, and they actually completely missed the um, the uh, EYFBO uh, and uh, LAX match. They didn't even write that on the, on this list here. So, yeah, I, I know I uh, kind of scrambled things up there, but um, it is what it is. Um, Matt Hardy uh, defeated Azrael with Jeff Hardy in his corner. Um, Jeff apparently, like, hurt his shoulder banging on the ring. Like, he was he was banging on the ring, cheering on Matt. I'm like, they started shaking his hand and talking about his, his shit going numb. And then I even saw him telling Matt after the match, like, yeah, my shoulder. I'm banging on the ring. Like, I was like, damn, fuck the fuck. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see Jeff in a match on the card, too. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Matt and Azrael was good. Um, I know it was a, it was a really big deal for Azrael to, um, to work Matt Hardy and, uh, you know, he got his wish there. Uh, this, yeah, this was pretty good. I've never been a giant Matt Hardy fan, but, um, this was a well done match. Um, Rey Mysterio versus Loki. This was the main event. And, uh, man, this was fucking awesome. You don't find too many people as crisp in the ring as a Rey Mysterio and Loki. I mean, the, the two of them are so well-rounded as far as, you know, what they're doing out there is done fucking right. I mean, you don't see these guys doing moves that they just kind of got down and it's good enough. I mean, these guys are nailing everything that they're doing. It was really, really good. You know, started out building and everything. It told an excellent story where, uh, you know, Ray kept trying to hit the six one nine, and Loki kept having different counters for it. You got to remember too, uh, WWE's big plan supposedly, uh, you know, was said time and time again that their big plan was to bring Loki in, get him all developed up through that NXT thing, and that's before you know NXT was the NXT that it is now, and um, the the plan was to run a program versus Ray Mysterio. And uh, that never happened. I think Ray was hurt when they really got low-key to the point where he was on WWE TV. Uh, they ended up doing that whole, like, cool thing with them. And I, I just don't think it ever really, you know, came around or, or, or landed in the right position. Or, uh, you know, the timing was just off on, on what they were trying to do with him. So uh, it was a shame, but we got to have that first-time match, you know, at, at this iconic show. And it, it just, it absolutely came through 100%. I mean, it was it was on point. I've never seen Rey Mysterio live before, so it was crazy. And I probably hear this from every single person that ever saw Rey Mysterio, but holy shit, is he short. I never realized how short he was. I always knew, you know, dude was short and small, but, you know, you see people on TV when you got, you know, like a 6'5", or whatever the fuck Batista is, and he's wrestling Rey Mysterio, eh, it's kind of hard to gauge exactly how short a Rey Mysterio is, but man, he's short. And, um, but yeah, this, this was great. I mean, when this DVD comes out, it is a hundred percent worth 
the cough, you got you got to get it. Um, anybody who missed this show, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. I, I don't know why anybody would have uh, attended that uh, house of hardcore bullshit over in New York. Uh, how many times can you rehash the uh, the ECW thing? I don't know. Um, uh, speaking of that, man, I, I saw pictures of fucking just incredible. He is fucking huge. Uh, he's supposedly he's wrestling his last match uh, at I think PWS against Tommy Dreamer, and I don't know who the fuck wants to see that, but um, yeah, he had just wrestled uh, Matt Tremont, and uh, fucking shit, just incredible. Looks like garbage. Just just fucking huge. I don't know what the fuck he's been doing, but hey, it isn't good. Whatever it is, it isn't good. Um, he he's just just fucking humongous <laughs> Jesus um, so yeah that that was the Jersey All Pro show I, I highly recommend it I, I can't say enough about it um, but yeah, yeah that's that's that definitely pick it up I'll definitely uh, plug it when it comes out on DVD and uh, you know that's that um, I had the beginning of this week on Monday I had um, ear surgery. It was like a um, uh, cyst removal or whatever, right? So here, here's how this shit went down, right? First off, you know, I've had a cyst in my ear, big fucking cyst, and uh, I had it for years, and I should have had it removed years ago, but the fucking thing, it just, I don't know. I, I You know, I do a lot of kind of tough physical stuff and, you know, pretty grueling races and all that stuff, and I train hard and all that, but when it comes to, like, surgery type shit like cutting shit open all of that it just shit kind of scares me you know what i mean like i get fucking scratched and bleed all the time at work and all that stuff you know scraped and bruised up at the the races that type of thing i'm not worried about but something about the whole doctor's office type procedure shit kind of scares me so um I, i put it off for a long fucking time so i get this appointment Appointments for two o'clock, right? First thing in the morning, I get a call from the doctor's office saying, and, and the doctor's about an hour away. It's it's over by AC. So I get a call from them saying, hey, you know, this doctor is always fucking late. He's always running behind. So um, we know that you're about an hour away, and um, we know your appointment's at two o'clock. But don't don't even leave the house until we call you and tell you that like you know, it's okay to leave because, you know, this this guy's going to be running behind, you know. And so I'm like, well, fuck, that's weird. I never really heard that before. Um, you know, on one side of things, it's like, well, that's awesome because if I was sitting in their office for two hours, I would have fucking left. That would have been well enough reason after one hour. That would have been well enough reason for me to go, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I put it off for this long, fucking continue that fucking – uh that that countdown, you know what I mean? So I just would have fucking left and um ended up four twenty I ended up in there for my appointment or whatever. So you know, it was supposed to be two o'clock, I ended up four twenty actually finally get in there. So again, you know, kinda nervous and shit like this, you know, um so I get in there and I ask him because I actually had two cysts or whatever and uh they're kinda next to each other. So I figured I'd ask him, hey, man, I don't know, you know, what your guys' plans are. I don't know if, if you wanted to take both of them out 
or just the one, whatever, because they're right next to each other. So probably, you know, I mean, if I was the fucking surgeon, I would just want to do both, but whatever. So I asked the nurse that. She's like, oh, she looked at me. She's like, I don't know. I got to ask the doctor that because figure out what he wants to do. You might want to take both or this and that. Let me ask him. Let him, you know, come look at it. So this is, and my reason for telling this story is like, this was some of the wildest shit as far as the way that they talk and the way that like, like I said, go into a situation nervous and then walk in and start having them yapping like this is fucking crazy. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. Doctor walks in, doesn't even look at me and goes, we're taking one cyst out today. Which one you want? I'm like, fuck. Like, I didn't know if the fucking mafia just sent this fucking guy in because he's got the just fucking I don't give a fuck kind of attitude coming at me. I'm like, fuck. It's like, well, well, shit, the bigger one. Fuck, man. All right. Uh, no problem. He's like, all right. They'll numb you up and this and that. So now this other this other broad comes in there, and she she talks like she lives like she works at a fucking diner in Brooklyn or some shit. She's like, yeah, I had this done before. You ever had some? <laughs> you ever had a cyst removed from you? You know, here before? I'm like, no. She's like, yeah, all right. So then she's like poking me with the fucking needle in my ear, and she's like, you feel that? You feel that? I'm like, no, no, because you know, as it numbs, they want to know like if you feel it. And then she hit some shit that hurt, and I, you know, I moved a little, and she's like, oh, you felt that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So then she keeps nominating shit, and she's she's just fucking, she's just on some wild shit. You know what I mean? Like, so then she she finishes doing what she's doing. She's like, I'm gonna drain it. I'm gonna take as much of it as I can out, so that way that you know there's less cutting for the doctor to do. And she's just fucking poking around in there and cutting shit out. You can't feel it because it's really numbed up. And um. So then she's like, all right, that, that's about all I can do. Uh, he'll be back here. So then she leaves me with this fucking shit for like 15 minutes. Now I'm just sitting there fucking waiting. And she already uh, drained the shit and started cutting into it and all that. So I'm fucking sitting for 15 fucking minutes. Now this fucking guy comes back in with her 15 minutes later. And now these two are having like a fucking conversation about what a dickhead somebody else is. Here's what's going on. He starts cutting in my motherfucking head. First thing he says is, well, that's a huge friggin' cyst. This is what the fucking doctor says to me. That's a huge friggin' cyst. All right? So he starts cutting into my fucking head and shit, and they're going like this. This is what's going on. I'm awake, you know what I mean? All they do is numb it. It's not like I was supposed to be sedated and shit. I'm sitting there awake, and they're going... Nah, you know, hey, I don't have to take that. No, she's not going to talk to me that way. No, because I don't take it from my kids. I'm not going to let her talk to me that way if I don't let my kids talk to me that way. There's no way. There's no way. I've done this way too long, been in this profession way too long to have somebody just talking to me like that. I'm doing her a favor having a conversation with her because she's not even the patient. She's the mother. I don't even need to talk to her. You tell her she's going to be nice or I'm not going to talk to her. And this isn't like he's taking a break. This isn't he's in the hallway. He's cutting in my motherfucking head while he's fucking riled up like this. I'm just sitting here like, God damn it. And then he like he breaks from his little fucking rant for a second. He's like, why didn't you come here like three years ago with this cyst? It's so big. You know, and I'm like, fuck. I was like, dude, I, you know, I, I put it off, man. I was like, you know. I do a lot of tough stuff physically, but, uh, you know, this type of stuff scares me. He's like, you want some advice? 
you don't put stuff like that off. He's like, uh, anything with your health, it's not going to get better on its own. And then he goes right back into like, so you tell her, listen, she doesn't come here. I, she can go somewhere else because I don't have to deal with her attitude. She's nasty. She's a nasty woman, and I'm not dealing with it. I'm not the type. I tell, I tell my uncle. I tell my sister. I tell anybody I know that they don't talk to me nice. I'm not going to deal with them. I'm not going to deal with her. I'm not going to deal with anybody else. And then they like they break into some other wild shit where it's like, oh, they're sending her down. They're sending the other receptionist down. But listen, I don't care about their experience. If their experience isn't with me, the experience don't mean nothing. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, I, this guy's got to fucking finish. And I, I'm not getting any, like, bitches up now, nothing. He's just going from one thing to the next. Eventually, I, I see, like, I can kind of see, like, the string shit out of the corner of my eye to know that, okay, now he's stitching the shit up. Like, motherfucker, man. That was some wild shit, man. I felt like I, like I went to the, the fucking, you know, mafia doctor and shit that, he was on some not giving a fuck shit, man. It's one thing if I was under some kind of anesthesia and you kind of like were coming out of it and heard them just talking wild and shit, but these motherfuckers were, were on some bullshit. So that was some wild shit. I never had no shit like that going, but, um, you know, so that was, that was the first, um, won't be the last because like I said, I got another fucking sis. So now I got stitches in my ear and, uh, you know, it's healing up or whatever, but, you know, kind of a pain in the ass, hurts a little bit, but it is what it is. That was just like a fucking crazy experience, man. Um, you know, when you got a surgeon cutting shit out of your head and uh, that type of wild business going on. So, um, so yeah, um, guess real quick, let me go into the, the little bit of the France thing. You know, the crazy shit going on in France, um, I'm not going to get into the whole politics of things. Um, I just want to touch on the Facebook profile picture thing. Now, I normally don't do this type of thing. I don't, you know, pink out my Facebook for Breast Cancer Month. I don't, you know, gay up my Facebook page because they they legalize gay marriage. I, I'm not going to, you know, jump on every cause and just switch my shit up in order to show this. But my reason for doing it was I um, I I saw a lot of wild shit going on. And, like, where people were just, like, posting, like, America needs to worry about themselves, fuck France, and let them deal with that shit themselves, and um, maybe there's a reason why uh, ISIS attacked them, maybe they earned that shit, or maybe they deserve it, and I'm just like, fuck this, man, and I just, I just wanted to switch my shit for a week, you know, to have the little temporary thing, you switch it. You know, ask you how long you want to switch it for. So, I, you know, I clicked to switch it for a week just to at least put myself out there to so other people knew I'm not one of those fucking people. And it's not like I got to do that, but there's just so many. There's just a, such a vast amount of dickheads out there for you to just kind of put like a I'm not a dickhead shirt on for a week, you know, just to show these motherfuckers like, yo, man, like that type of bullshit ain't, ain't welcome over here as far as like, your nonsense talk about, you know, this and this and fuck everybody else and, you know, almost pro-fucking-ISIS as long as they're not attacking us, they're they're fucking cool with it. You know what I mean? It's just some bullshit. There's so much bullshit that goes on the internet. I got a whole nother fucking internet feud shit talk about after after I talk to G's for a while um, because these motherfuckers are off the chain on, on Facebook, man, and I just... 
I've had enough of it. I mean, some of this shit is just, it's just fucking crazy. Sonny posted some shit. Speaking of uh, the France thing, Sonny posted some shit, and I'm just going to paraphrase because I don't have the, the quote in front of me. But she said some shit like, we need another Holocaust, but this time let's get all all the fucking Muslims or some, some crazy shit like that. All the Islams or something. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck, man? Like, people are on some wild shit. And that, that's a WWE Hall of Famer right there, so... I don't know, man. People are on some real, real wild shit. Um, you know, they just... <laughs> people just say whatever the fuck they want on there. They try to be as offensive as possible. And then they act like it's not real life. Like I said, I'm not going to go into that other situation until a little bit later, but um, it, it's fucking crazy. And I'll go into the CZW card later, too. Um uh, Niners were off this week, so I got no Niners updates. But Sunday is going to be uh, Niners Seahawks again. This time we're going to Seattle. You know, coming off that win against Atlanta, uh, you know, a little bit more confidence. At least we're hitting some fucking targets. Our defense is playing really good. I'm hoping we go to Seattle and actually play them hard. But we'll have to see, man, because there's, there's a lot of progress that needs to be made with our team. But I will say that Seattle has a lot of fucking holes in that team, and they're they're not an unbeatable team. We sure as fuck didn't play football last time we played them, and that was in San Francisco. So now we're going into Seattle, which might I add, they just lost to Arizona. Arizona beat the shit out of them. Uh, again, Arizona beat the shit out of us too. Worse than they beat them. So it is what it is. Take it for what it is. But I'm going to be all riled up Sunday watching that fucking game. Um but yeah, I'm um, definitely looking forward to it. You know, win or lose, man, I'm still excited for my fucking games every week. Sure as fuck, don't want to see more losses, but um, you know, nice to uh, you know, pick up a couple wins, even if it's with Blaine Gabbard, even if there's something to be learned as far as our, uh, you know, our whole team really needs to come to a to another look. Because there's a lot of bad shit going on. So all right, um, I'm gonna play this track. Uh, I'm going to hit some, some uh, hip-hop talk with, with G's a little bit later. And, you know, I have some, some things to, to mention about because Billboard put up a top ten of all time and shit, which is just absolute trash. And uh, like I said, I'll talk a little bit more about this. But here's – I'm going to talk a little bit about Big L when that comes up. So in case you guys don't know who the fuck Big L is, here's uh, one of the best freestyles of all time. And I mean, I, I know it's a lot of written shit, but in the same token – the lyrics from top to bottom, this dude went on a little morning show out there back in 98 and fucking rattled his joint off. It's like five minutes of fucking fire. And uh, check it out. This is Big L. Rest in peace, Big L. Nobody talks about that dude. Yeah, I got some new shit for y'all to play too, you know? Okay, good. Big L. Tell me if this will suffice. Or if it's mayo out of here. This is the Frost Replacement. This is North Nessie. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'll tell you. I'll get a world, get a world. You get um, jiggy with that? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Check it out. You can ball with this. One, two, one, two. <laughs> kind of tired. Big L, Bossa. Get a shit. All right, uh. check it out. Yo. 
fuck all the glamours and glitz. I plan to get rich. I'm from New York and never was a fan of the Knicks. And I'm all about expanding my chips. You mad cause I was in the band with your bitch. With both hands on a tits. Cody on, hold his phone. That you know in your heart. I got style plus the way that I be flowing it sharp. Around back I used to hustle, selling blow in the park. Counting cheese stacks and rocking ice that glow in the dark. Forever, hottie hunting, trigger pimple. I'm quick to body something. You looking at me like I'm probably fronting. I fuck around and throw three in your chest and flee to my rest. I'm older and smarter. This is me at my best. I stopped hanging around y'all. Cause niggas like you, you playing on my downfall, hoping I flop, hoping I stop, you probably even hope I get locked, or be on the street corner with a pipe, smoking a rock, I got more riches than you, fuck more bitches than you, only thing I haven't got is more stitches than you, fucking punk, you ain't a leader, what, nobody follows you, you was never shit, your mother should have swallowed you, you want to tag along, clunky, yes man shit, do me a favor, please get off the next man dick, and if you think I can't fuck with whoever, put your money up, put your jewels up, no fucking put your honey up, put your raggedy house up, up, nigga, I shut your mouth up before I buck lead and make a lot of bloodshed. Turn your tough red, I'm far from broke, got enough bread. And mad hoes, act beavers, I get nothing but heads. My game is vicious and fool, fucking chicks is a rule. If my girl think I'm loyal, then that bitch is a fool. How come you can listen to my first album and tell where a lot of niggas got their whole style from? Yeah. So what you acting for? You ain't half as raw, you need to practice more. Somebody tell this nigga something, before I crack his jaw, you running with boys and running with men. I'm gonna be ripping the mics until I'm 110. Have that niggas like, damn it. This nigga done done it again. I throw slugs and idiots. No love for city cops. I sport a pretty watch. 850 rocks. I'm making wonderful figures. I don't fuck with none of you niggas. I might pull out this gun of you niggas and rob every last one of you niggas. Yeah. What? Tired. But somebody tired. That, was, yeah. that wasn't too bad. I mean, you ain't allowed to vote the place, man. You wrote... Yeah, yeah. you wrote uh, that... You were thinking about somebody when you wrote that, right? Nah. All nah. my shit like that Cause you know lately Niggas been battling On the block lately Yeah, yeah. I can tell you You wrote that ready For somebody Yeah yeah Niggas been also Sharpened up the sword Yeah You sharpened the pencil For that one Alright let me kick some more Yeah shit. One more time Spit some more right, Check it out Yeah Check it out Big yeah. L Check it out Yeah Check it out Yeah Check it out Alright Check it out Chicken. I should rob you, but with that cheap shit, you ain't worth sticking. I got a left hook that be leaving guys knocked out. Keep fronting, and I'ma choke you till your eyes pop out. I was taught that if a nigga swing, swing right back. Battle Cody on, why do a stupid thing like that? Yo, I'm not in the mood, son, so don't push me tonight. Plus, I fucked your little sister, and that pussy was right. That pussy was tight, gripping my dick like a pair of pliers. You fucking snitch right now, you probably wearing wires. It's not a joke, so as soon as he laugh, I'ma strip him naked and stick a long broom in his ass. Leave him heartbroken, make him quit rap and start smoking. My album is done, so no, it ain't no parts open. I'm not a sweet stud, I'm a street dog that's quick to beat a nigga like a cheap rug. Till he leak blood, you sure soft, watch you fall off. Might slide your whole off, this whole whole off, and take your jaw off. My life is far out, I got star clout. Every week, bring a different car out. Go to clubs and buy the bar out. You ain't a player, put that cigar out. Take that suit off before I shoot off and take your roof off. Leave your clothes bloody red like the nose of Rudolph. I rock many stages and never got booed off. I might let the scat burst, put you in a big black hearse for that whack burst. Should've tried these double caps first, cause none of y'all niggas can fuck with me. And if your man wanna join, I got my gruff with me. We puff much in me. I do shit that only tough men do. And them cats you with, fuck them too. I'll buck them too. Be careful what you rush into. You lame ass nigga, no dough. Always on the train ass nigga. Canal Street, 10 carat chain ass nigga. You got fucked up steak, you cupcake. 
how many dicks can your butt take? I ran through every bitch in my path. I was fucking six in the ass when I was six and a half. Now I'ma take you out to misery. And after this, they can put you in a social study book because you're history. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all gonna give me my math. That's one I'm not going to play for my mom. Yeah. Adrian, I haven't heard the show in so long. <laughs> Give me tape. Not this one. No, I want you to check out Sorry, you know, two new singles coming out. Yeah, we can, we can play some right now. Size them up. Ebonics. Hey, yo. <laughs> All right. So, um, these will be on in a minute. Uh, CZW has a uh, night of infamy. On uh, Saturday, they also have um, uh, like a WSU type joint as well. Um, you know, they had that Ohio show um, two weeks ago. To me, I think it's asinine, completely fucking asinine, to not have that as like a delayed eye pay per view. You know, they've done it with other shows where, okay can't do a live eye pay-per-view not every building has the uh you know the internet hookup for it or whatever the case is but you're filming the fucking show with your horrible film crew now if you can't go from that to putting it online so at least hey man you're doing you're doing one show and then two weeks later you're doing another show and you built this little dumb fucking two-show DJ Hyde Tremont feud again for no fucking reason other than DJ's own ego. You know, so they put that shit together for no reason, and you can't even see if you're, you know, if you're in Jersey or anywhere on the East Coast, unless you drove to fucking Ohio, um, which is a far motherfucker, um, you can't even see the match that led to now the Night of Infamy match that I guess they're fucking wrestling again. And um, I, I just think it's pointless. Not only that, but it's Jake Chris' last match in CZW. He, he's done. And, you know, you build up all this nonsense. You talk about how much you love him and shit in the CZW ring in Jersey. But you don't even put out any effort to get it out there to the fans. So the only way that they can see you the last show, the next show. So obviously they can't watch it fucking beforehand because they're going to be standing at the show. So the only way for them to watch it is afterwards. So it's it's pretty much a pointless show as far as the um, the widespread CCW audience goes. Like it was just for the live crowd in Ohio. And then later on in DVD you can catch up with it, but you've already watched another show that was after it. So, it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's kind of pointless to do shit like that. And um, I, I just, I really don't understand the mentality of um, of a DJ Hyde, so to speak. But, um, yeah, that, it, it's just crazy. I mean, some of the ways that he uh, he runs things and um, just, just his mentality on things, it's fucking crazy. And uh, you know, you know what dude think about DJ it. DJ Hyde, fuck you. Yeah, I mean that's that's clearly the way he thinks about it. So anyway, um, you got that match that um, you know, I'm I'm not attending this fucking show. I mean, DJ puts himself on the fucking main event. It's not happening, and you're not gonna see me in the fucking building unless you pull some kind of you know fucking bait and switch and then throw yourself in the main event when I was showing up anyway. Like I'm not showing up for you in the fucking main event. It's not. There's no reason for me to fucking 
go and watch DJ fresh off of his fucking adult Disney vacation fucking challenge for the world title. What the fuck, man? What, what kind of dumb shit is that? They're cutting that bullshit promo in front of the fucking Cinderella's castle. Fuck out of here. Shit would be good if you know how to cut a promo, but unfortunately. Um, so then you got Team Tremendous versus the Hooligans. Now, CZW fans have been asking for the Hooligans for fucking years. They finally bring the Hooligans in the month before Cage of Death. So I don't know if there's any plans to bring them back for Cage of Death, but I think it's fucking crazy as shit again to bring them in the month before the big fucking show that's going to get your, your wider audience. And, um, you know, with the tag team that CCW fans have been asking for for years, and, and you give it to them the month before the big fucking show. So, that, you know, it should be pretty entertaining and everything, but... um. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Um, so anyway, I, I do believe right now I got on uh, on the line Black G's. Just watching this wheel spin. Yo, yo, can you hear me? Yeah. What's going on, man? Not much, man. So uh, yeah, I've been had you on the show for a little bit. Um, just coming off the big Jersey All Pro show, He's still light heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you got any thoughts on the, the Jersey All-Pro show that we just went down? Yeah, Jersey All-Pro, man, that shit was fun, just like always. Like, uh, whenever you go to Jersey All-Pro, it's never no drama. You know what I'm saying? Like, fans there to have fun. Everybody in the locker room is there on the same page. It's never no egos there. That, like, shows like that is, like, what makes the indies fun, man. You run into a lot of a lot of shows that just be be a lot of nonsense going on. That's never the case at Jersey All Pro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Frank when he was on the show, he had said that more or less, like as far as he's concerned, you know, wrestlers are never going to tell him how the show is going to be booked. They're never going to tell him what they're getting paid. I don't know mm-hmm. if everyone else is running like that, but I mean, do you think it was that mentality that that laid the groundwork for that atmosphere, or what? Yeah, and then like um like like with like a lot of like indie promoters and all like a lot of them are clowns. So like when you dealing with a promoter that's a clown, dudes gonna be in the locker room just doing and saying whatever they want. Like like Frank was laid back, you know what I'm saying? Frank commanded respect. So like when you whenever yeah. you around like things things is all good. Like, like how many times have I been to you, man? About like these indies and like you go in there and you dealing with these clowns and it's just. It's just corny and just like boring and just like sort of not worth it. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, man, it, it, everything was all good there. I wish I wish every weekend could be that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you think that these guys should run a company? How do you think? Um, like, what's what's the formula for it? Because a lot of these guys get in there, they start taking advice from everybody in the locker room, and if you're taking, I mean, you can't make everyone happy. So, I mean, what do you do? You mean like if you if you um the promoter or whatever the booker and shit? Yeah. Like the first thing would be you know what I'm saying we all grown we all grown men at least we all adult age anyway like being honest would would be a good start. You know what I'm saying if you honest uh-huh. if you honest and upfront with the talent then you know what I'm saying there's nothing that they can complain about and if they complain about that then they they need to get out. But like so many promoters they like they first of all like they always try to like, give you the sob story, like, right off the jump, you know what I'm saying? And then 
that just that just creates a vibe where you don't even want to deal with it. It's like as soon as you hear that, you're thinking, man, this dude is a clown, man. I ain't trying to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like if a promoter can't do like such and can't do a lot money wise, be honest. You know what I'm saying? Just tell the guy, hey, look, I want you to work. I want you to work for me, but you know what I'm saying I don't know what you normally get, but this is what I can offer. Can we work that out? You know what I'm saying? Like negotiate. But these promoters, they just be on some sob story nonsense. And then if you tell them up front, look, this is what I work for, this is what I want, they'll give you the, well, such and such worked for me for this much. Like, that's good for them, but this is what I want. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes they'll hit you up, and they say they want you to work this date, and they'll say, hey, yeah, I got such and such on the show too, which is one of your homies. And they think that just because you got, they got one of your homies on the show, you just go and work for the brother price. When it's not the case, just be honest. You know what I'm saying? And then you got a lot of promoters on the indies just because they own the company. They just all of a sudden, they just assume that they're a dick shot and that people are going to look at them like they're a king or something when they're not. Like, that's another problem that these promoters be doing, man. Like, like we both know one in particular that, that's been doing that ever since he bought the company. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, you, you, you can't carry yourself that way. You like, it's just, like, these dudes don't be having common sense. Do you think that um I mean I I mean I'm kind of speaking about CZW but I mean I, you work a lot of other places and you probably know a lot more about it too but um has wrestling companies gotten too clicky like too much clicks because I know that you know it seems like if one guy's in favor like eight of his friends are automatically booked and yep. I don't know if that changes the landscape of the locker room with the cats that aren't in that group or you know how does it go. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's like that at a lot of places now. It's, it's places like all over the place. It's a place in Maryland that, um, I used to wrestle for every now and then. When and it's like, like now it's even more clicky now. And like this guy that runs it, like all of his friends are there, and like, like a lot of them dudes, they can't work. Like they're horrible. You know what I'm saying? They're completely mm-hmm. horrible. And they'll just you just continuously have those those people on the shows, and like the shows they don't draw because he just has all his friends on there that that he's probably not paying. You know what I'm saying? And then like, how are you making money? Like, if, if you're just running shows and losing money just for fun, then I mean that's one thing. But like, if you're a businessman, you like it's it's just it's just crazy now, Jay. Like, like um like like I said, man, it's like that in a lot of places now. These guys are just booking their friends. And they're not even mm-hmm. making a they're not making a dent at all. Their shows are just like it's the same all the time. It's just it's just garbage. And then when you try to when you try to like point them in the right direction, like right away they get offended. They just think you're trying to down to them or trying to or try to work them when you're not. And like on the one right. hand, I can understand that mentality because there's so many people in the game that's just trying to work each other. And when somebody that's 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 not trying to do that, it's kind of hard for them to believe that, that you're just an honest person and you're not trying to work them, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's crazy. That's one of the things in wrestling that's pathetic to me. Like, you know what I mean? I know, you like, the goal is to make money and all, but you don't got to do people dirty, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to do people dirty. You don't got to play these politics, man. That, that's ridiculous. Nah. You know? Yeah. And then the other thing is I, I kind of see with, um, you know, with the click mentality is a lot of times you'll get part of that click that leaves the company for one reason or another. And then 
the company kind of completely loses its focus and loses its actually core group because it wasn't a core group. It was just a click. Yep. You know, they don't have, like, CZW used to have, like, CZW's guys. And, they were, you know, they'd bring out other guys from other places, but at least they had their, their core group. And now it just seems mm-hmm. like it's all attached to one guy here or there instead of being, you know, so much about the company. Yeah, it's way different now. I mean, and, like, I mean, there's the argument that wrestling changes, wrestling evolves, you got to change things. And I agree with that, but at the same time, man, like, you got to have core guys there that's going to keep the locker room straight, that's going to make sure that the product is as best as it can be. Like, there's no reason that Ruckus, Ruckus should be in CZW still, you know what I'm saying? Robbie should still be there. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. countless guys that, that should still be there, and... For, for for a lot of them, they're not there because of personal reasons, not for business reasons. It, you know right. what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's ridiculous to me. And then, like, when you have guys that, that don't really care about the product, they just in it for themselves, and they just going to bounce whenever. And then you complain about it. The, the guy that's running it complains about it, and then you tell them, look, this is what you need to do. And then, and then they'll agree with you, but then they still won't do what's right, and they still complain. I mean... It gets to the point where you just say, okay, all right, well, do what you want. It's the company. And it's crazy. Yeah. It don't make any sense. Like, like um, it's not rocket science. I mean, like, it, it's obvious what needs to be done, but things are just not getting done. Uh, I mean, you know, because I've gone back and forth with a lot of people talking about it, too. Like, what do you, what do you think CZW could do to actually form some kind of identity? Obviously, it's not going to just go back to what it was. It's not going to be Zandig CZW, but what could mm-hmm. they do to actually, you know, put themselves in the right direction as far as being taken seriously as, as something else, something different? Um. Well, first thing they can do is update the website. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> Um, they could like, um, yeah, I mean, problems like, yeah, I know I got brazen and wearing a bandana again. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Like, um, uh-huh. I think like, uh, like, man, it's a lot that needs to be done really. Cause like, uh, updating the website, they need to, um, like a lot of times the shows are so predictable and like the, the match placement don't be right because then, like, the placement of the matches end up, like, burning the crowd out. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's, – it's, things not put in the right order. You know what I'm saying? And it just makes the – it makes the crowd, like, like um, enjoyment go down, like, too soon. And by the time the main event come around, people don't care. You know what I'm saying? And then, right. like, there's guys, there's guys in the locker room, like, we try to help with that, but – you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's listened to, other times it's not. But, you know what I'm saying, we don't yeah. own the company. All we can do is suggest things. And you would think that, like, like an owner would uh would listen to guys that that want what's best, but he doesn't do that all the time. And then later right. on he complains about it and says he should have listened. And, I mean, that, that's happened a lot of times. And, like, once again, man, it's like, well, I tried to help you, and you don't want the help. So what do you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 complain when you got people there that's trying to help out as much as possible. So yeah. crazy. Yeah. What was your thoughts on because uh, you were saying about match placement and stuff? Now they started doing this thing where they put on the dark matches, 
And then, you know, for the iPay-per-views, those dark matches will be pretty much right before the main event or in the middle of the card. Like, for mm-hmm. for instance, like Tangled Web, you know, they didn't do those dark matches until semi-main event. So you ended up getting yeah. dark matches, semi-main event. So, I mean, on an iPay-per-view, you know, uh, the Poseidon dude is now like a semi-main eventer. I mean, it, it kind of looks crazy. Yeah, they need to take into consideration what they're doing because, like, Poseidon, the Poseidon thing, like, that's definitely, like, like, like pre, pre-show pre or first match. You know what I mean? That that definitely shouldn't be anywhere near second half. That shouldn't be semi-main. Like, it, it's obvious. Like, they, there's no way that they can look at that and say, okay, yeah, this has to be here, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it don't make any sense. And like that's another one of the things I said. It's not rocket science. You can look at that right there and tell that stuff like that shouldn't be happening on the iPad. Like just, yeah. it, it, a lot. Sometimes it seems like things be happening, like it's like they do like dumb stuff on purpose. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It just seems like how could you even think that this or this was a good idea at all? Oh man, that's crazy! Yeah. And already it seems I mean, like uh, already it seems like I'm just bashing the company. That's not what I mean to do, but it's just like you know, if I'm asked a question, I'm uh, like, you know, but yeah, it's, you know, it's you know I I know like you know in some aspects he's trying to you know go for a professional WWE type feel. That's his favorite thing to do is pretend like he's Vince McMahon, which is just mm-hmm. crazy for anyone to act like that's not a millionaire because it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. you can't just pretend to do that. Say so this mm-hmm. isn't Halloween, but so he you know he wants to show the flow straight through, no commercials, no nothing. So I get it for you know some. I get the point he's trying to get to, but I mean, even for me doing an eye pay-per-view, I never had a problem with them taking a commercial break, running some promos for some other stuff they put out. Maybe you guys put out some interviews, maybe you did some shoots, whatever. You run some mm-hmm. promos for that. You know, if you're sitting at home, you got time to get up, maybe make something to eat, whatever. It's really yeah. not a terrible thing to do the commercials, you know, where the intermission's at. I don't know why they were so set on, you know, making it run straight through and putting the dark matches in the middle. Again, I get it yeah. while they're trying to, but I don't know if it's really that necessary. No, it's not. And, and like you said, like that. And then the worst thing that any any indie promoter can do is try to be Vince McMahon. There's only one Vince McMahon, and this is the indie. So you can't like it's it's not going to work. You can't try to be WWE when you're an indie company. And then like right. um. Like, they need to incorporate, like, more, like, in-ring promos and stuff like that, backstage promos, stuff like that, stuff that, that's different because a lot of the product is the same every month, and I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are bored with it. You need to, like, catch people off guard with different stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to just be wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys can cut promos and talk. Like, do different stuff. Like, it, it's, it's not that hard. It's like, sometimes it seems like they're scared to try different stuff. If you try and it don't work, then you do something else. It's not the end of the world. You know? It's, right. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, if, if I was the one running things, you know what I'm saying, a lot of the stuff would be different. And, like, it's, it's a, like they need to start putting talent in the best situations to succeed. Like, a lot of times talent is put in situations where 
it's going to fail no matter what. And, like, take the Poseidon thing. Like, like Lawless, he's a good dude, man, but, like, that type of gimmick, that doesn't, that's, that's not going to work in CZW because it's not going to be presented in a way for it to work. And it's not, and it's, right. I'm not even saying it's like a, like somewhere like Chikara, that's like perfect for that type of product. And like something yeah. like the Poseidon thing, it, it, anything is possible. Like it could work, but it's about how it's presented. Also, like, let's say it was a Poseidon gimmick, but it was on somebody else that has more experience. You know what I'm saying? It would be it would probably work faster because that person has more experience and been in different situations to make anything work. Like with Lawless, right. um, you wanna like help this guy succeed as much as possible. So you present it in a way where it's not gonna fail. You put him in there with guys that's unselfish that's gonna help him with that gimmick to get better. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that's what I would do. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's what I would do if if I was in charge and the Poseidon thing was something that we're going to go with, I would be like, all right, cool. This is going to be on my product. I'm going to make sure that this works. And it's like things are just thrown out there sometimes, and when it doesn't work, the talent gets blamed for it by the owner when it's not the talent's fault. Like, it's on, like, right. when we out there in front of the crowd, it's on us to perform, yeah, but a lot of times guys that that don't have the experience level they might be sort of like hesitant to follow their instincts because they think they're going to get get heat or lose their spot. Where guys with experience, like we know, we like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna follow my instincts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know I'm saying. And then if it works, it works. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna go out there and allow myself to look bad because I'm worried about getting heat or trusting my instincts. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and you know the other thing with the eye pay per view thing, same with the you know taking a break and doing that whole thing. You know, it's one thing if you're trying to tailor a show that that's built for ratings like a WWE on, on TV, because you, yeah. you know you got to go hour to hour and losing the crap. Once someone pays for the eye pay per view, they shut it off. You still got your money. Like <laughs> there's no like yeah. keeping them from hour one to hour two. So take all the commercials you need to take as long as you put on a good show before and after your break. You're set, yeah. you know? Yep. But, yeah. Um, you know. Um, and, you know, Yeah, go ahead. I'm back. The other thing is, um, you know, CZW seems to have a problem over time, but they kind of drag their feet with talent a lot. And mm-hmm. then other people capitalize on what they should have been doing. Like, they get yep. guys that come in and out of there. Right now, a big guy, you know, that's doing a lot of things and, I don't see like a huge window for him to be around is Leo Rush. Yep. Um, I mean, he, he's going to be killing it on the Indies before, you know, it's CZW is not going to have him to be booked. Exactly. So if they drive their feet on matchups. Someone else is getting the matchups. Yep. And that's, that's been a problem that CZW's had for years, man. Like, uh, it's been a lot of guys that's come through there and you already know that somebody's going to snatch them up because they had that style that that promoter loved. And then, like, a lot of times, these younger guys, like, um, they want to go to these promoters because they sort of, like, marking out for that promoter a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to go, and there's no way you can stop them. And then you can't get mad at them for wanting to better themselves and wrestle other places. You can't get mad at them. So a lot of times, these guys will come in, and they want to they work for CZW. 
but they're not yeah. giving the opportunities that other places are going to give them right away. And it's like a, and mm-hmm. it's like a, oh, you got to pay your dues, brother. Like that bullshit. Like in some aspects, you definitely have to pay your dues. But like if you, if you, all right, let's, all right, Leo Rush, for example, like this dude is talented. Like by this time yeah. next year, he's going to be everywhere. So for somebody like him, like the crowd loves this guy. So you should like, like give him as many opportunities as possible. Because no matter what, he's mm. going eventually. So like yeah. the crowd, the crowd wants to see him in big matches. Put him in those big matches. If it's going to like upset guys in the locker room, oh well. You know what I'm saying? If if guys in the locker room are upset about it, step your game up. Simple as that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Leo Rush, he's a fresh face. So the audience loves fresh faces. They're going to love everything he does. Like, guys like me and a lot of the other guys, we're there every month. Like, they're going to, like, cheer or boo, whatever. They, we're going to get the reaction we want, but they see us every month. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you want to, like, capitalize on these fresh faces. You can't get mad if they want to leave. And, and it's crazy because guys will leave, and then, like, it's put out there, oh, he had a bad attitude. He didn't want to be here. Well, he wanted to better himself. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'll go to back these guys. I'll be like, well, he wanted to better himself. You can't get mad. Didn't I'll say shit like, well, haven't you wanted to better yourself? Yeah, I have, but there's no but. You want him to just bow down and kiss your ass just to be here? No, I don't want that. So why right. are you bitching? Why are you putting it out there that this kid has a bad attitude when he doesn't? That, I've seen that happen a lot. You know what I'm saying? Guys will leave, and then it's put out there in the locker room. Well, this guy didn't want to be here. And then some of the guys right. would be like, oh, well, fuck him. He didn't want to be here. He's not CZW. Like, come on, dude. Like, you know, right. this is an indie, man. You got to go as far as you can, as fast as you can. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, one of the main examples I always use because, I mean, this is the truth, man. A.R. Fox was there. Rich Swan was there. Gabe mm-hmm. pulled the trigger on that match because CZW didn't do it. They sat around with yep. both of those guys in the locker room. Yeah, both of those guys in the locker room when DJ decided to skip doing best of the best because he said he didn't have enough talent. Mm-hmm. And, again, Gabe ends up getting the payday off of that. There's no way CZW shouldn't have had DVD sales off of AR Fox to Rich Rich Swan for the first time. Yeah, exactly, man. It's crazy. Like, you'll see, like, like you'll see the fresh matchups that's there and you don't do it. And then somebody else is doing it and you'll get mad. And it's it don't make no sense to me. Like, you have it right there. Do it. No, we're going to wait. What are you waiting for? There's no mm-hmm. point waiting. <laughs> I don't, they I don't to, get it, man. They want to wait on Gage and Tremont, and now you see what's going on there. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> man, I, I don't get it, man. It's, it's like a lot of, like, just, like, bad decisions made, not just in CZW, but everywhere. Like, like you can, sure. like... You can you can see it and then then you you'll question you'll and you'll question well why didn't you do this and then somebody will get mad at you because you asked that question. I'm like all right well whatever. Yeah. Um. So I I know you saw um, I wanted to touch on it because um I know you saw the fight and um I I didn't talk about it yet but um the Ronda Rousey fight what was your thoughts on that? Man, I never thought that I would see that. Never. I never thought that I would see it at all. Like my homie, he sent me, he sent me um the video of it. You know what I'm saying? And then like he was he, he was saying he saying what do you think? Cause he he don't like Rousey. Like he called her a bully and all this and that. Like he's mad. And he was happy as hell that she lost. 
When I saw it, I was like, mm-hmm. yo, I can't believe it. But yo, when you when you watch the press conference though, you know how usually in the press conference, like she be in she be in her opponent's head, and like you can tell that 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 person is mentally fucked up, and Rousey gonna have an easy yeah. night. Like if you watch that press conference again, to me, Rousey didn't seem like herself. You know what I'm saying? Like when she started talking, she didn't seem natural. She didn't seem like the same Rousey. She seemed like she was just like in. Uh, she seemed like she was trying to seem tough. I'm not down her toughness. Yeah. She fucked me up, but like she, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she was stumbling over her words and shit. It's like um, it's like one of the things where like, like you think that you're better than somebody and you come at them and they don't react like they're scared, so you mentally fucked up. So then you stumbling over your own words because that person fucked you up by, like, not being scared. That's how she came off to me. I watched it, and I was like, yo, she's stumbling over a word. Yo, she she, she don't know what to do right now because the home chick, she was just chilling. She ain't give a fuck. She ain't show no fear yeah. at all. And then, yeah. um, what, Rousey threw a punch. The chick dipped it, and Rousey had her back turned. That never happened, oh, yeah. man. And then that chick, yeah. that was it. That was it. Like, imagine yeah, what man, Cyborg would have did to her. Oh, Fuck, man. Cyborg, yeah, I mean, man. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, you know, she got exposed as far as her stand-up game goes. And, I mean, she was just dominant. I mean, mm-hmm. she just dominated completely. I mean, you know, it, it's a, it's a kind of like a Tyson Buster Douglas, man. You get used to just clearing people out. Eventually, someone yeah. trains for what you do. You stop training as hard because you're killing everyone. And then, yeah. you know, they, they catch you slipping and, she was just mm-hmm. ready for her. Home was definitely ready. I'm not that big of a UFC dude to to know that, you know, know that she had skill like that. But she sure yeah. as hell did. I mean, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a UFC dude neither. But like, like I would watch UFC whenever Rousey was fighting because that interests me. But yeah. Like you, like when you on the top, like you, like you naturally not going to be as hungry as you was when you were trying to get there. Like definitely, you definitely not going to be as hungry. So you're going to start slacking a little. You're not going to stay on your game plan 100% when you're on the top because you're not because nobody's right. perfect. And then she ended up, she got caught slipping. Yeah. Like, even as hard as Mayweather trains, right, like, I'm pretty sure he probably at some time trained harder years ago than he does now. It's just that he on the top, and, like, he, he knows how to get in people's head, and he shows no weaknesses. So, by the time the fight comes around, the dudes he's gonna be fighting, they're already mentally fucked up, and they they can't yeah. handle it. And so Floyd gets easy wins every time. And people call him boring, but I don't find it boring. It's, it's, it's just is what it is. Well, I mean, he's a defensive fighter, so it's it's mm-hmm. just not gonna be as exciting to watch. I mean, you know, pure boxing fans are gonna like what he's doing, but people that like yeah. knockouts aren't gonna be a fan of what he, you know. Yeah, it's sort of like um, wrestling in a way where, like, you know how, like, guys, like, fans really love that, like, fast pace style where it's, like, spot, spot, spot. Then when, like, it's guys that have, like, a slower pace match that got psychology, like, sometimes sitting there live, it might be sort of boring to them. But when they watch it back, they're like, oh, shit, this match was good. You know what I'm saying? It's just Mm -hmm. one of those things. Yeah, and, and I'm a big Rousey fan, and I really, you know, I was pulling for her and stuff, and I know she'll be back and she'll train for her shit. But in a way, I'm also kind of happy because, 
you know, to see her just mow through everybody and no competition and, you know, all the analysts are saying she's never going to be beaten. I mean, that's just kind of boring. At least if you see someone step up that's going to challenge her and, and make her up her game, you know, it gives yeah. you something to watch. I heard somebody say that the Rousey fight was a work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything people don't like is a work. Yeah, I know, right? You know, sometimes people say things people don't like just it. to... Yeah, sometimes people say things are a word just to bring attention to themselves. I don't get it. Yeah. LeBron wins the championship. It's all the refs. That, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. You know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what so it like, is. What, what, was your, what, was your, what was your thoughts on um, Jersey All-Pro show, like, overall, like, good and bad and all that? It was a great show, um. I went over in the first hour or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, oh, it was right. good, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, it just, you know, it all came together. Like I was saying, I mean, from my perspective, actually shooting it and shit, I mean, it, it's a whole different experience. You know, you got to keep moving and you got to, mm-hmm. you know, try to capture the action and not fuck it up. So, uh, um, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's, it's very different, but I, I really enjoyed the show overall. Yeah. It's like a good atmosphere, right? You know what I mean? A good vibe. Oh, all yeah. The group. Yeah, and the house was, you know, was packed. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a low point. Did you, uh, did you go over Saturday's show yet? Preview that yet? <laughs> yeah, I started talking about it a little bit before you called in, but, um, yeah, I'm going right. to go a little more into that, too. Um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the DJ at the main event, and um, you know, because he because it went no contest on the other main event that you don't get to see unless you show up at the show and then buy the DVD. And I mean, maybe watch it in the car at intermission. I don't know what you're supposed to do there. You know, I mean, it's crazy. They didn't even really build to it other than a show that you can't see unless you buy it there. So yeah, it's. it's... I don't know, man. It, it, it's like one thing that I, I'll never like is like uh, I'm I'm never like when when anybody try to insult fans' intelligence, man. Like it, right. it, it's it, it, it's crazy. It's 2015, man. Like I, I say this, like it's 2015, man. Like, fans are not dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like if fans know that you're the owner of a company, there's no way that you should ever um, try to play the role of the commissioner of giving the fans what they want, and then you come back out as the bad guy trying to piss the fans off, that's pointless to me. Yeah. And also, if fans know that you're the owner, there's no way you should be cutting, like, heartfelt promos about um, uh, wanting the big belt, you know what I'm saying? Because people already know. Like, you can just give yourself the belt. Like, I don't, right. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it, man. I, yeah. it, it's stuff like that, man. Stuff like that is just it's pointless, man. Like, why do it? It's not pointless. Yeah, that that's why when he did the thing with the milk chocolate gimmick, that that was annoying as shit too because it was like, you know, you book these guys and those guys are a talented tag team and the only yep. thing they've ever been used for in CCW is is squash, and it, it's yeah. not even like a tag team is squashing them. It's always one dude is squashing both of them, and mm-hmm. DJ comes out and is his ridiculous little robe. Well, first first he had them out there, he had them sing, he walked out there, and then they just go away. So he booked them to just do that to look at them one month. And then the next month, he has them come out there and sing, and then he comes out in that ridiculous robe, 
and and squashes him. Dude hadn't wrestled since Tournament of Death, so he booked mm-hmm. these dudes to come out and squash them as if he didn't know who who booked them. <laughs> You're yeah. the owner. You know why they're there. They didn't yeah, come it, in it, to, you know. Uh. Yeah, it, it's another one of those things where, like, you, you, you're not putting talent in the best possible situation to see. Like, those milk chocolate dudes, they, they talent, they real good. Like, they talented, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Why not, like, they and, and they're and they a real tag team. Why not bring them in and use them better than you already are? Because, like, another place is going to take a chance on them and use them good, and then they and then they'll start getting more of a name for themselves, and then you'll want to use them, and then they'll have every right to be like, nah, fuck you. You didn't want to use this right before. Right. You know? Makes and, no um, you know, Jersey, uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling or Game Changer Wrestling, whatever they want to call themselves, I think it was within, like, the same month. DJ had his whole gimmick going in CZW where he squashed them personally. And, again, he mm-hmm. booked them, so it doesn't make any sense. And then um, at the, the Jersey Championship Wrestling Show, they had them come out. They had their do their singing gimmick. And then Monster Mac and, and Kyle the Beast came out, and they had a match with them. It wasn't just a squash where they killed them and then just ran away. They had a back-and-forth match with them where they, they played like, like the back seats used to play against the hay club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they would play like mm-hmm. the – you know, the the pretty boy heels where, you know, they're trying to get out of shit, and, you know, trying to be funny, and then the beasts are trying to kill them, you know, and they did the same thing. So they booked the guys, they used the same kind of, you know, big tough guy gimmick, but you you mm-hmm. believed it because it was Monster Mac and him instead of DJ in a, in a, in a coat. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it just worked better, and it, they booked the same guys. It, it's just it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and and uh, I think like uh, I think like a lot, a few things in CZW should be changed up too, man. Like I like um, I think Azrael should be brought back. I think that I think that Moth and Monster Max should be there. You know what I'm saying? Like look at Moth. Like who? Like who's not going to pay attention to what Moth does? You know what I'm saying? The dude is a beast. Yeah. Like there's no way people are going to see Moth and be like, ah, I don't want to see this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like. People are going to see him and be like, yo, this dude is going to fuck somebody up. And then he does fuck somebody up. And then people will be more and more interested to see him. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, um, yeah. there's a few people that's on the roster that that's pretty much the same guy, just a different name. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, to me, man, like, a lot of things need to be changed there. And yeah. it's just not happening for whatever reason. I don't know. Do you think Moff could work there with uh, PWS? With who? You know, because he, he works PWS, and they kind of block a lot of stuff from happening. I think, you know, because I, I, it was I, a Fat I, Frank tribute. They yeah, let him yo, do I, it, I, I, I assumed that was I assumed that was the reason why Moff wasn't in CGW, but from what I was told, that's, that was, that's not the reason at all. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's not that. He should be there. Hopefully it happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, what was I about to say? Oh, and um, God, I was about to say. Okay, they'll come back to me. But, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of I... things should be changed. Like, um, all right, cool. I'll give you another example. Like, take um, Joey Janela. Like, CZW fans, they love him. And, yeah. like, um, like uh, he, got, he got the wire title. Crowd was happy. 
like um like who's to say that the same pattern wouldn't have happened to Janela? Crowd loves him and he's in a big match and it doesn't happen. And then like you keep like BSing about giving him a big push, then months will pass and then you'll finally pull the trigger on him, the crowd don't care. Like last show right. even though he did the right thing. Put the wire title on him and let him run with it. And right. then now you got now you got Janela versus Leo Rush, two guys that the crowd loves, and the crowd won't pay yep. attention to the match. So that's a win-win right there. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that like it, it could have been really easy for CZW to fuck that up, but they got it right this time. You know, and that that was another thing that I you know I saw where Janela was a guy who was doing everything he could in every company he went to. Um, at mm-hmm. last year's Jersey All Pro Show. He was diving off of, like, a pillar over by the bleachers way up. I mean, this is stuff that normally you would see guys back in the day, you'd see guys working CZW. They'd dive off of something at CZW and work more of a normal match somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, Joey's diving off of pillars on Jersey All-Pro. He's diving off of trucks at uh, at uh, the Jersey Championship Wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen him do the dive off the truck move at two different Jersey Championship Wrestling matches. He's not diving yeah. off of anything at CCW, and I highly doubt that it's because he won't do it there. It's, it's just they're not even lining that type of thing up for him there, where, you know, the CCW fans will eat that up, and, and then you make money off of it. Yeah, I know. Like, they should just, like, let him do what he does. The dude is hungry. The dude is talented. Let him do what he does, man. The crowd will fucking love it. Like, uh, right. who else should be in, like, like um the whole team Pazuzu? They killing shit. Like there's oh, no yeah. reason why they shouldn't be there either. Like they like yeah. um like we already know crowd loves Dickinson. You know what I'm saying? They would love UISPO. Yeah. Like those are two dudes that are hungry. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like um they should definitely be there. Mike Drastic and Angel Ortiz. Like Pinky Sanchez was there, he got over with the crowd. He should be there too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jocka, like they they brought Jock in at one time. Like, was it like two years ago now, something like that? Wasn't he? Didn't yeah. he bring him in as part of the front one one show or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. now, you know, what I'm saying he he got more experience now. He's hungry. Bring him in too. And once again, man, if it pisses off guys in the locker room, step your game up. Because like none of the like all the guys that I mentioned, they're unselfish. You know what I'm saying? They were trained right. It's not like they're going to come into the locker room and be dicks. They're coming in because they're hungry and they're going to kill shit. So if guys can't handle fresh faces coming into the locker room, step your game up or quit. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those, those guys are making money for a lot of companies out there. And if, if CZW is really about putting out the best product and making money, I mean, then that's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about personal relationships and who's friends. It, it's not, you know, it, it's not like you're inviting someone to your house. It, it's a company that's supposed to make money. And that's, I don't know, I, I feel like they really got away from that shit. And now it's like, well, this guy's got heat with that guy, so now we just lose money rather than deal with that. Man, everybody has heat somewhere, you know what I'm saying? It's not that many guys that that uh, that don't have heat. Like, it's probably, like, a handful of guys where you won't hear anything negative said about them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's crazy because, like, you know how, like, people, like, praise, like, the old school, like, when it was territory 
and guys were like cowboys back then, you know what I'm saying? They did what they wanted, and they rocked the boat. It's like now, like, dudes are scared to do that shit. And when guys do rock the boat, they looked at as hotheads, you know what I'm saying? It's like everywhere is supposed to be, like, all lovey-dovey everywhere, man. I don't like that, man. You remember how CCW was back in the day? We had, like, dudes like Gage and Payne and all that. Those dudes, like, they didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, it's too, it's too friendly everywhere now, man. That stuff is boring. Yeah. You know? Like, I, like, it's like, like I'm fine with, like, going places where there's, where there's tension, but, like, good tension. Tension that hype you up and make you want to kill shit. You know what I mean? It's like, now it's just like, ah. Crazy. Right. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk to you about, non-wrestling related, was uh, Billboard put out this top ten hip-hop cats of all time. And this this list is fucking crazy. Um, they they got from, from ten to one. At number ten, they got Lil Wayne. Then they got Kendrick Lamar, Ghostface Killer, Lauren Hill, Andre 3000, Nas, Rakim, Eminem, Jay-Z, and Biggie. That's that's their top ten. Um, and that's that's I mean, crazy. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna line up like you know exact top ten or anything like that. But I mean, first thing that obviously sticks out to a lot of people is Tupac isn't even on a top ten list for these guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah, like then and then like Busta needs to be on there. You can't front on Busta. Busta should definitely be in there. Busta. Um, I wouldn't have Lauren Hill in the top ten. I wouldn't have her there. You know what I'm saying? It's I mean, like that's, so that's many clearly other... saying that's saying she's the best female rapper of all time, and that that's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about that. Like, you think she's the best female rapper of all time? No, no. But if they're if she's <laughs> the only female in the top ten, that's clearly what they're saying. I don't agree with it, yeah. but I'm saying yeah. if they put her in the top ten with dudes and everything. They're saying she's clearly the best female rapper of all time, and I don't think she's even close. Nah, I don't think she I is either. I give Remy more skills than her. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, like, like Kendrick is good, but there's so many other people. There's, there's at least ten people that I would say is better than Kendrick. Oh, yeah. Big L. You know yeah, yeah, Big L. Yeah, they left out a lot of people, man. KRS-One is not better than Kendrick Lamar. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I got to throw, I don't know how you feel about it, but, like, uh, I like Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? He, he might not yeah. be a top ten when you think about everybody overall that, that came through, but, you know what I'm saying? Fucking, uh, like, of course, because he was an underground guy throwing Sean T. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, A lot of dudes out there, man. That, that top ten was... Was, was another guy. I, yeah, I would take I would take Sean Price over Lil Wayne any day. Like lyricist wise, I mean we're talking oh, yeah, about yeah, lyricists. Definitely. definitely. Come definitely. on, man. Lil Wayne's all gimmick. I mean he's got some clever shit, but he's he's all gimmick. Yeah. We're talking well, about lyricists. Yeah, Lil Wayne. Uh, um, I don't even think Ghostface is the best Wu member, let alone. Oh no, 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 he's not. He's not. I like I like. I like Raekwon more than Ghost, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely go Raekwon or Jizza as best Wu member lyricist-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Jizza. definitely would. Talk about Jizza, yeah. Oh, and you remember, remember when Wu first came out and Inspector Deck was killing shit? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, he might have had some, some ghostwriting shit because when he when he got on his own, he was hanging with them. He was nasty. He got on his own and shit. Shit wasn't so good. Yeah. yeah he well, was hanging around a lot of top <laughs> MCs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that well, top yeah, I don't, I don't know. But you gotta think about it though. Like Billboard, they going like they going like list people that like um like a lot of people that listen to rap now. They didn't listen to it back in the day. They they too young. But they going to like put certain names on there that like no matter how young you are, you are gonna be like, oh, I heard of them. You know what I'm saying? Like Lauren Hill. You know what I'm saying? Like I think like even like the younger cats these days, they heard of Lauren Hill. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. And there's another thing. A lot of times these lists. But just for people to like talk about and complain about anyway. So you got to factor that. In. Yeah, I almost think that's what it is. It's more or less to have everybody going, "Yo, that's some bullshit." Now everyone's yelling billboards, you know. Yeah, yeah. But same token, man. I had to bring it up because fuck that, man. I mean, they they're missing so many people on that list, and and some of the people they put on there are. All right, but damn, I don't know when Kendrick Lamar reached top ten of all time status. I mean, that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, Even Andre three thousand, man, he got oh yeah, he got he was on there. Yeah, he yeah, he's not he yeah, he's not he shouldn't be on there. He shouldn't be on there at all. No, he got you know that that crossover that crossover work. You know, what I mean, like he he got that like you know pop channel type love. Mm-hmm. So that you know that that sprung him onto there, and he's doing hey ya and all that. You know, yeah, all of a sudden, really. you know, he gets played on every radio station. Now, all of a sudden, he's what top ten of all time. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. Yeah. So, like, all right, um, not even going in order, but if you got a top ten, at least five of them on there is going to be KRS, Rakim, uh, Big J, and Pop. That's five right there on everybody's list. It should be right at least. Yeah. And then I would put Buster on there. Um. Nah, uh, not, uh, I mean, we all like Nas, but I don't know, man. You know how, like, Nas will come out with an album, you know what I'm saying, and it would be hot for, like, two months, and it would, like, die out. That would happen every yeah. time. So, yeah, he, he got he got too, like, philosophy. He tried to philosophize too much, I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. When he was... When he was just throwing street lyrics, it was cool. When he tried to rewrite the Bible, that's when the shit got fucked up. Yeah. You know, but um, I don't know, man. Like, you know, Big L, he always falls off these lists. And it's like, man, he, he put out two albums, but those two albums are crazy. Yeah, yeah they were. And I think, I think it's because people always look at him as too underground. Oh, and you know who else? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you remember CL Smooth and shit, right? How'd you feel about him back yeah. then, back in the day? You know what I'm saying? He yeah. should be on that list before he should be on that list before Andre three thousand or Kendrick Lamar or Lauren Hill. Like he should be on. Like they left out oh, yeah. a lot of dudes. Yeah, and I mean even putting like the, you know, boot camp quick guys up there like Buckshot, the amount of stuff he did from Black Moon to, you know, just doing what he was doing heading up boot camp. I mean he he did a shitload yeah. more than Andre three thousand. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, with those lists, man, you can't, like, with those lists, like I said, the five people, like, KRS, Rakim, Jay, Big, and Tak, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know who else they left out? How the fuck they going to make a list like that and leave out G-Rap? How is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Redman ain't on the list. I mean, yeah, like, Redman not on it. Damn, how the fuck did I forget about Redman? Yeah, that shit is crazy. Yeah, shit I, cool. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, females. I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't put a female in the top ten rappers of all time. But I mean, if I'm going with females, there, there's a lot of others that I'll pick before. Oh man, it's a women. It, it's a women's revolution everywhere now. So they had to throw a woman on there and shit. Uh, and I and I guess that's uh that's the best mainstream. I, I mean I guess, but even though she came out on some wild shit a couple of times, but I guess if they put somebody up there like Rod Digger or somebody, it wouldn't get the same love. Nah, it wouldn't. Like and we both know Rod Digger was always nice, but like she would be looked at as too underground. I can see people saying Rod Digger, what has she ever done? You know what I'm saying? You know how people get, but like, we all know yeah. how nice she was. There. Yeah. So speaking of rap, man, um so did so did Meek Mill fall off that heavy that that he just gets no play on your intros no more? Yeah, pretty much, man. He fell off, man. Like I can't even like and, and the crazy thing got, is it's some it's some of his stuff that, that I haven't used that I wanna use, but for the simple fact that he just like man, he just cloned himself, man. I can't even use his shit. So like got, I'm trying to find yeah. I'm trying to find the perfect shit to use, man. She got beaten a battle by fucking Barney the dinosaur and shit, and now this motherfucker is doing a little his little shuffle dance and shit, and Meek Mill is trying to get his rep back. Shit's crazy. Man, this dude, man. Yo, he left Philly down, man. He left Philly down. Yeah, what can I say? But I keep saying, man, if it was um, if it was Siegel, if it was Siegel going at it with Drake instead of Meek, it would have been a whole different outcome. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, man. You're out there in Philly. I don't know if you're on the lookout, but where the fuck does Cassidy go? Because the dude shows up, he throws some shit out there, and then he he goes into like, into the fucking underground bunker, like like fucking uh Saddam Hussein and shit. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like, man. I, I don't know where that dude is at, man. It's crazy. He showed up, started getting into it with Meek, and then just just kind of disappeared. I don't know. I don't know, man. It was crazy. Like Cassidy was a definite battle rapper. Like his, like when his his full CDs, they wasn't like like every like his full CDs wasn't classics. Like he was definitely a battle dude. But like, um, yeah. he needed to come out. He needed to come out with something because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Papoose is another one of those dudes that's got fucking crazy lyrics. You know, on the mixtape, I got I gotta listen to him more, man. I never, I never really, I never really listened to him all like that. I don't think he, I don't think he whack or nothing, but I never really, I never really paid attention to him all like that. The, I mean, the, the couple again, the couple, you know, uh, album albums he put out were all right. Uh-huh. But if you go from like the 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 start, like he was just he was he put out something like something crazy, like ten mixtapes in like a year and a half or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. That were just all new tracks. Like he would just anybody had a hot beat, he would just rip it apart. Every and and K Slade just kept pumping them out. And it was in within like two years he put out like like twelve mixtapes or some crazy shit like that. And yeah. it, shit was just fire, man. If you like the beat, man, he killed it. And it you just keep going through that catalog. Just just find them old mixtapes mixtapes. Um I'm trying to think of the a beast from the east. Um yeah. The election day. He had all sorts of shit like that, and um, yeah, he he was just putting out absolute fire, and that's the shit I like the most out of him. Again, when he tried to put out commercial tracks, they weren't as good. I liked when he tried to 
he tried to, you know, one-up everybody on their own beats. So, oh, uh, oh, yo, I keep thinking about the list, the Billboard list. Yo, he left, they left out. How you going to leave out Jada and Styles and shit? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you Tribe Called Quest ain't anywhere near the list. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, the classic stuff that they did, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. And, I mean, you know, whether you like the commercial side of things, I, I'll agree with Eminem belongs on the list. I mean, the dude is mm-hmm. fucking crazy lyrically talented. So I, I would definitely put him on the list. But I, I don't know. Some of those other names, I mean, I could knock off half that list. Lil Wayne doesn't yeah. belong on it. Uh, Kendrick doesn't belong on it. Ghostface doesn't belong on it. Actually, Andre you know, three, Andre from, 3000 doesn't belong on it. Yeah. Number six to ten doesn't belong on it. That's that's six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, and ten. It's like mm-hmm. they went to five and they gave up. Yeah. Again, Pac ain't even on it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I don't know how they're going to leave Pac of all people. Like, everybody loves Pac. That's crazy. Yeah, people get into that argument, who's the best all the time, Biggie or Pac? They don't give you no other options. And these cats just said, mm-hmm. nah, this is not happening. So... Uh, that's wild shit, man. I, again, I guess they got us talking about billboards, so fuck. Uh, yeah, true. It's like that PWI 500 and shit, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's something else, man. I don't. Maybe maybe Andre 3000 paid him to put him in the magazine, like the <laughs> PWI 500 dude. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man. So um, yeah, you got any upcoming dates or anything you want to plug? Uh, just CZW. This Saturday, um, going back to Cali, uh, Alpha Mega Wrestling on December the, I think it's the 6th, whatever is that Sunday, December 6th. Um, other than that, man, you know what I mean? Like, stuff that come up, I'll just put that shit on Twitter, man. It ain't really a shame no more. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I wrestle places here and there, but like, I ain't really grinding like I used to because I mean, it's not... And he's not as motivating to me as he used to be. So it's still fun to me. So I'll keep doing it as long as it's fun, but it's not the same anymore, you know? Yeah. I hear you, man. But, yeah, man, I'll, I'll have you back on soon, man. It's just always good. I got one more thing to rant about tonight before I get off this thing, and then I'll <laughs> close this out. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for having me, man. Uh anytime. All right, man. Alright, so I'm going to play one more track Come back, rant about some shit And then I'm out of here There's some old 95 Live Part 2 shit When hip hop was hip hop Red top, green top, blue top Red top, green top, blue top Red top, green top, blue top Real bitches do real things Now what's the meaning of a bitch You girl with a bad attitude That don't care about shit huh? And that be me, do you
living in squalor. Holla, if you broke to tell. When it's here, you got a deal and your head don't swell. Now how you feel? That shit's up off lyrics you picked up from another rapper. Like, damn, this bitch is out of Texas Adam. No matter, cause I still be serving. MCs who please the fifth like Furman. Watch out, Guan. I heard you're the best you're going on. Do what? Then by the mad niggas to come and join. So guess who? Yes, Smith and Weston, we stacked the chocolate and the 5 sack with mad fun, so black a thing we bring. Both a smoker and you. If you like to get black, swing on by the back and you find Coco B. R. up. Getting mad for us. I got a slab of corned beef in the yard, man, sack. Dark fine, so with a double A black for my bread, dread, ready. Heads ain't ready. Do I chop turntables up like machetes? Getting bent in the queue is a daily thing to do. But beat me in the Sims on two fifths coming through in the zone on my own on point with the chrome. So on my heads on lock, I see you when you get home. It's like this. Yeah, we're real. MCH in the joint. Sometimes smoking nothing but the cocoa. It was a cold day in December, I remember it well The motivation was simulation of the head cell Sipping the brew, having a few words with these two herbs That I knew way back in the day Remotions of finesse, shorty, case way in my way The sun was shining like a sunny day No money, but hey, honey, was running like a god And my shit was hard when she walked by, I had to say hi Caught the eye, but she played fly with that other guy For some reason, she stayed in my mind had me scheming about ways to find her No sooner than I asked, she appeared to me Almost seeming like a dream, but realistically She gave in to me, I gave in to her mystic She was in my mind, we became intertwined I dined her, in time I finally refined her Now forever faithful on my side, I find her Making every day a high one to tomorrow I love her, that's why I had to marry Jawan I do my calisthenic phase, then tie down my seed Give praises to Jah for awakening me I got a date with my son and his wife to be Said he got a little Coco Shotty walk for me He didn't really describe her Said she looked like Joanna Just a little ticker Especially for the ripper Said that's peace And I be there in street Could this be the roots That nurture my seed A nice black thing With a shape like smoke Can't get too open Bust my head Then choke out the dollars No trick in a one But I show her love And she keep me so long And be my wifey Through my hours of depression Hit me up on the low In the midst of a session And I spend my last Till I see Tears of joy. Name an Indonesia or Thai if it's a boy. One sign. Smith and Wesson. MCH. TWA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sort of when it happens. Two eyes. with us. One sign. You know, another motherfucker who I would definitely put on that fucking list, too, because, you know, I mean, he went commercial. He went down, you know, a different path. You know, went to sitcom type dude and all that shit. But man, if you're gonna put fucking Kendrick Lamar and his Andre 3000 and he's like this fucking LL Cool J, man. I mean, come on. From his his old fucking shit, going head to head with fucking Run DMC. He, yeah, I mean, doing the shit he was doing back then. To even going into his commercial type of shit, the lyrics, you know, he put together fucking tracks, you know what I mean, on some serious shit. Then you got to look at what fucking Dre did, what Snoop did, what fucking Ice Cube did. Look at what all these motherfuckers, you put Kendrick Lamar on this list. Dude, it's one of those things I can't stop thinking of. I know it. it it's putting fucking Billboard over by keeping on talking about it, but in the same token, these motherfuckers are retarded. Like, people should never, ever buy anything that comes from them, so... I, I don't um I don't see it as a promotion because I'm never gonna give a dollar to fucking Billboard's fucking magazine or anything like that. So it's bringing their name up, but 
it doesn't it doesn't um equate to any money coming out of me, that's for damn sure. All right, so here's here's this other here's this other thing I gotta I gotta rant about. All right. Now this this goes twofold because on one side of things it's it's my statement that I made initially. And and it would be a kind of quick thing, but Facebook, as always, is very good for giving me material. Because once people start talking shit and I get my point and I get their little counterpoint, I have a little bit more fuel to talk about and things to things to um to kind of go off on because motherfuckers they they act stupid as shit. They act like like real life doesn't exist once they go on their computer and shit. So here's what I'm talking about because that's a little you know a little cryptic going into it, but. This big fat motherfucker that was uh, related to that damn Margera kid, uh, Don Vito, as he calls himself, he fucking died, right? Now, I see post after post, how sad, oh, RIP, this and this, and then, oh, he was so funny and this and that. First off, I've never really been like a diehard uh, jackass guy or any of that shit. Some of that stuff is funny, you know, when they fall off this or dude gets hit in the dick with that, whatever the fuck. But I've never been like a diehard, uh, you know, guy like that where I really cherish these dudes' lives. They're obviously fucking idiots. So when one of them ends up dying from doing some dumb shit, like the the one of them died too. Uh, I ain't done. I think it's that dude. But anyway, so they they die doing dumb shit. But whatever. This this dude was never talented to me. He was down. He was uh famous for being. Family members were one of the motherfuckers who were jackasses, the Van Margera kid, right? But the thing that stuck out to me is because I remember posting the shit, reposting the shit, and saying what a piece of shit he was, and pretty much everybody was in agreement. In 2007, this dude was charged, keyword, charged, with two counts of sexual assault for groping a 12-year-old girl and a 14-year-old girl, Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, when I hear somebody like that dies, I go, good, fantastic. Fuck them. You know what I mean? Fuck them. I don't give a fuck about his family. I don't give a fuck about anybody who has love for this fucking dude that groped a fucking 12-year-old girl and a 14-year-old girl. You You want to know why? Because I have a 12-year-old daughter. Now, supposedly, here's what happens. And it's not alleged. Once motherfuckers are charged, alleged doesn't work anymore. It's not a rumor. It's, it's, not, it's not some shit like this. When you get charged, you're proving that the shit happened. You know what I mean? So what had happened was he fucking, he had some kind of autograph signing. Now, obviously, look. You're letting your fucking kid go to an autograph signing for some fat fucker who's related to some one of the jackass dudes. That to me that shit sounds crazy anyway, and I don't I don't respect that type of thing. I don't know why your twelve year old would even be that into the shit to to need to go get an autograph. But regardless of that, okay, this dude is at the autograph signing and posing with the twelve and fourteen year old, and apparently he groped the 12-year-old's breast, and I guess he did some shit at the 14-year-old, too. So now, the defense of that by these fucking idiots online is he was in character. Okay, so it would be okay if 
someone groped my daughter as long as they played a dickhead on TV and they were in character, right? That that shit would fly with you guys if that was your kid? Or no, because you don't look at reality. You just look at what you want to fucking hear and what you want to post on Facebook on someone who you think is fucking funny. So, okay, here's where this fucking dude, uh, Jonathan uh, something or other, here's where he comes in. Now, I originally got to be Facebook friends with this guy, and I really hate the word friends when it comes to Facebook because I don't really hang out with no fucking body, let alone all these fucking people that are on my thing that are labeled friends and then pretend like we're fucking friends when they talk to me some kind of way. Um, so this fucking kid, the, the reason I knew him to begin with is because when I made the John Zandig shirts and I made the shirts that motherfuckers still ain't, ain't trying to buy, um, he needed a medium. He couldn't fit in a fucking large. No, nothing about him was going to get any bigger. He, a fucking medium was the only thing he could possibly fit in. And, and to the extent of being annoying, not like, do you have mediums? No. Okay, cool. No. Make mediums. Make mediums. Every time I make fucking a post about it or anything, you see this motherfucker pop up. Mediums, mediums, all caps and all this bullshit, right? I'm like, listen, man, if I reorder, I'll get fucking medium for you. You know what I mean? Whatever. You can't fit in a log. You can't wash it three times. The fucking dryer, try to shrink it. Like, that's so far out of your fucking range. A large is just fucking, you're going to, I mean, I don't understand. You know what I mean? We're not talking about I got two X's and you need a medium. I mean, it's it's one size fucking bigger. So whatever, either take it or leave it. So this fucking guy's going on and on. To the extent, and, and this is a dude who was printing his own, I guess DJ uh, had some problem with him or whatever, because he was printing his own CVW shirts. Rather than buying fucking shirts, I don't know, maybe they didn't have mediums either. He was fucking printing his own shit so he could just make his own fucking CVW shirts, because I guess he's got a little printing printing press or whatever the fuck, right? So, he goes, this fucking guy, so that's the only interaction I've ever had with him, is with him being obsessive about needing a fucking medium shirt that I don't have, right? Um, so, the next time I hear from him is now, when I post, fuck this fat bastard, he's a fucking pedophile, isn't he? He goes, you're an idiot. No, he's not. He was acquitted, and he wasn't even charged and this and that. And I'm staring at the fucking article that says, dude is charged with fucking da-da-da-da-da. And he starts rattling off all this bullshit. Oh, she was 16, and, and this and this happened, and that happened, and it was in character, and this and that. And I'm like, first off, it was 12 and 14. He was fucking charged. And second off, don't call me an idiot like we're fucking cool. Because you can't fit in a fucking large t-shirt. You sure as fuck don't want to see me in person while you calling me an idiot online. Like, like we're fucking cool. Like, we go back. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying this to be some kind of fucking tough guy. But when I disagree with someone, I don't jump on their fucking page and go, hey, idiot. You're an idiot. You know what I mean? Because maybe there'll be repercussions for you trying to fucking disrespect somebody directly to their face. Now, look. I might not like something you do as an entertainment, and I, you know, I'll comment and I'll criticize it or whatever like that. But I'm not gonna directly come on your fucking page and be like, I don't like what you're saying. You're an idiot. You know what I mean? And and, and people don't fucking get that. So when I say that type of shit, then he starts with this bullshit like, Oh, whoa, whoa, why are you getting so upset? It's like, why am I getting fucking upset? 
you came on my fucking page and called me an idiot and and followed it with a whole bunch of grammar, uh, you know, uh, incorrect grammar and shit. Like, just, just butchered the fucking English language after calling me an idiot. It was Y-O-U-R, an idiot. You know what I mean? So, like, you're, you know, fucking crazy. Um, so he, he tells me that, right? And then he goes, whoa, hey, man, here I am thinking we have so much in common. You know, um, you printed those Zandig shirts, and, you know, we're running printing presses. And it's like, first off, motherfucker, I don't run a printing press. You would know that because you tried to fucking, right on my fucking Facebook page, I had, I had thanked Josh Crane for making the shirts that I paid him to make. Because he runs a fucking printing press for that shit. And he fucking popped up on there and said to Josh Crane, make me a medium. To which Josh Crane said, no, it's not my design. I'm sure Jay will order a medium if he orders more. And then he tried to get me to give him my design so he could print it for free. And that's not happening. So... As far as us having anything in common, and now I just kind of, I should have just deleted them after that whole conversation, right? But I didn't. The next morning, I wake up, and I fucking click on Facebook. One of the first statuses I see is this fucking dude posts his early in the morning fucking status. I love being this fucking hungover, dot, 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 not. And then, you know, where it says, like, feeling like, and it says, feeling like throwing up is not enough. So, okay, first off, if anybody out there, now, I'm not trying to be like anybody else, and I'm not trying to ask anyone to be like me. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But if you're going to come out of your mouth and pretend like we have something in common, let me tell you a little bit about what the fuck I am. I'm sober for over two years now. So, you being fucking drunk on a Monday morning is probably not like me. I'm a motherfucking athlete. I've run fucking seven obstacle races, the fucking Spartan trifecta, up and down fucking mountains, obstacles, all that shit. Tough Mudder fucking three times. I've done fucking all sorts of shit like that. I train in the fucking gym all week long. I take care of animals. I fucking, I take care of cats. I work with cats. I get cats adopted. I can handle cats that pretty much nobody else can handle. I also have three children, all girls. So I'm a a family dude. Um, um, I'm a wrestling fan. But, again, don't think because I like wrestling, I'm anything like the majority of the motherfuckers that show up to these goddamn shows. Because I've said it before on my show, a lot of these motherfuckers to me are gargoyles. I walk in there and I look around like, what the fuck is this shit? What, who, what the fuck? So as far as, because that's the thing, like I do the podcast or whatever, and you'll see like a lot of times I'll take a week off or something because this is not the only shit I got going on. I got a lot of shit going on. I grow fucking, you know, especially in the, um, in, in the summertime, I grow peppers and shit. So I got that going on. I got, I got ducks. I got pigeons. I got my cats. I got my dog. I got. I could, you know what I mean? I got a lot of shit going on. So as far as, like, what I'm about, 
all those things make up what I am. So to just go, you like wrestling and are selling T-shirts, so we're, we're just alike. Motherfucker, you're nothing like me. And to turn around and be like, oh, how, why, why do you take life so seriously? Well, now you're getting a fucking, now you're getting a little bit of a hint of what I'm fucking about. Because I do everything, I take everything seriously. I can have fun. I like comedy. I like to laugh. I like to joke around. But if you don't fucking know me and you just jump on my page and call me an idiot and think there's no chance when I'm going to smack you in your fucking mouth when I see you, then you're probably wrong. Because I wouldn't do that shit to you. I have the common courtesy to not talk to fucking other adults like they're fucking, like they're bitches. Like, like they're some kind of clown. I wouldn't talk to you like you're a fucking clown and you couldn't kick my ass on your best day. So what the fuck makes you think that you're allowed to do that shit to me because this is Facebook? You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, people just get out of their motherfucking mind, and, and, I don't, and I don't enjoy it. You know what I mean? So after that, he got on some, oh, no, I love you. I love you. Fuck, I, you, don't, you don't know me to love me or hate me, motherfucker. You've interacted with me twice, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be okay with you just talking to me any kind of way you want to. It's just, it's just fucking crazy. That's why I don't like a lot of these internet motherfuckers. And just, they just act fucking stupid. You don't know shit about me, man. Like, stay in your fucking lane. You could disagree with me. I disagree with tons of motherfuckers on Facebook. I don't jump on every one of their status and be like, you're a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like half of these motherfuckers who who go on these fucking anti-Obama fucking racist fucking tirades, these motherfuckers have nothing to say about George Bush. Everybody goes on to fucking, oh, Obama's the fucking root of all evil. And they say, I don't jump on all their status and be like, you're fucking, you're an idiot. I feel that about some of these people when they go to these high and high and mighty extremes about every fucking thing the president does, you know, and it's like, Oh, he's fucking golfing too much. And then like, you know, you look at the stats and shit and like, he's golfed less than the majority of our past presidents, presidents. Like I think Bush like doubled or tripled his amount of fucking golf outings and shit, but like he's Obama. So it's worse, you know, like all this other bullshit. But, you know, again, I'm not going to go all political, but I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of crazy shit, man. And, and yeah, I don't give a fuck if someone's out there fucking molesting kids and shit and, and groping kids and shit at autograph signings. I'm supposed to give a fuck about how their family feels when the, when the fucking guy dies? Fuck them. I don't give a fuck. That's how I feel. That, that's how I feel. And, you know, and, and uh, uh, Niles Young jumped on there. Oh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And I don't have to do any of that shit. That that's, I don't have to do none of that shit, man. I, that's not, you know, and, and he didn't come at me all disrespectful and all that shit. But, like, he, he tried to do the same, like, well, you know, uh, he, well, Michael Jackson and uh, Jared from Subway. And oh, he had, like, another example. I forget who it was. He's like, and, and, and those guys, and, you know, well, you, you know, you got to respect their... Okay, first off, Michael Jackson, you can call him whatever the fuck you want to call him. You can say whatever you want to say, but he was never convicted of a fucking thing. So you can feel any kind of way you want about him. But if you're really, really going to... You're going to compare the the contributions or the the accomplishments... Of Don Vito, Jared from Subway, 
two people convicted of crimes. And Michael Jackson, one of the fucking greatest pop, pop stars of all time. You're going to compare those fucking three people for the sake of your argument. Come on, man. Come on. So I, I don't agree with that shit. You know what I mean? I just, I just don't agree with that shit. And, and it, the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. That's, that's not my fucking style. I'm, I'm going to say how I feel from now until, the fucking, until I die. And I'm going to try to say another five things till I die. Probably not going to work out, but I'm not. A, I'm not going to keep quiet for the sake of maybe offending somebody. That's more PC shit. That's more PC shit. And I'm not saying fuck this fat bastard because I feel like riling people up. I don't do that. I'm saying fuck that fat bastard because he groped two fucking kids. That that's what I'm fucking. That that's what I'm about as far as how I feel about things. And I'm not really worried about someone's feelings when they're not worried about motherfucking kids' feelings or their parents' feelings when they take it above and beyond. And then it's because they're in gimmick. Fuck out of here. I don't want to hear that shit. And I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? So I had to go on that little bit of a rant because, like I said, Facebook provides me with this fucking content sometimes. And the thing that bothered me the most is when this little dirty motherfucker said that we're, you know, we have so much in common. And for whatever reason, that just took me in a whole nother direction after I read that shit that I was like, how much in common? Holy shit. This fucking guy. So anyway, um, uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Next week I got um, Leo Rush on the show. I'm really excited to talk to that dude. Like I was talking to G's about this dude is an up and coming guy that um, is just fucking killing it right now. He's a guy who's, you know, he's wrestling Joey Janela on Saturday, and um, I think that's going to be a great, great match. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys, they better capitalize on him while they can, put together all these big-ass matches. If I were them, I'd get him in the fucking ring with AR Fox real soon in the CZW ring. I'm not sure if it's happened outside of CZW, but either way, it would be a good look to to put that down in CZW. It really would. Um, you know, if you get Andrew Everett back there, actually, I think he's hurt again. Yeah, fucking throw him that match. You know what I mean? Like, there there is some things to be done that really, really couldn't hurt. So, you got that. You got the Hooligans versus Team Tremendous. That's going to be really good. Again, I hope the Hooligans are, are uh, some way scheduled to come back for Cage of Death. Got to pull, up, pull out all the stops on CCW's WrestleMania, so to speak. Um, you got Danny Havoc versus AR Fox. That's a, that's a you know, potential good match. Uh, Styles Clash, for sure. It's one of those things that can go really, really well, be really unique and different than a bunch of things, or it can completely fall apart because um, who knows how the chemistry is going to go. But AR Fox is, is always going to kill himself, and Danny Havoc's going to do the same. Um you know, kind of in different directions, but again, not a bad hype up match either to lead into AR Fox going into the cage of death in that four way with a couple death match guys and Dev. You know, well Dev Dev has been a death match guy and a And uh, you got Dave Chris versus Sozio for really, I guess, no reason. I- I'm not really sure why that is, but um, I guess we have that as well. So 
you know, potential to have some good shit on this card. I, I really, DJ and Tremont, I, I don't, I, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I really don't give a fuck about DJ putting himself over for the sake of doing it. Um, yeah, I said it time and time again, this fucking guy botched, well, not botched, threw away the match that he had to have against Dickinson. Dickinson was so fucking over in CZW, and then the politics and all that bullshit, they threw him out of CZW. They bring him back just to throw him in a cage of death match against fucking DJ. So you got one of the most over guys in the fucking company thrown in a match with fucking DJ. Dickinson starts cutting his fucking I'm going to kill you promos. Shit's fucking getting some fucking interest. DJ's in Disney World getting fucking married. And I think that was he was getting married that year because I think this is his anniversary of going back to Disney as an adult every year with no kids. Um, As Joker said on Facebook, uh, a grown man going to Disney World with no kids is the equivalent of a soccer mom with no kids. Um, So, but, um, you know, so he put himself in a match with, with Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson's cutting all these promos. DJ cuts no promos back. He's doing nothing but sharing and fucking retweeting Chris Dickinson's promos about killing DJ. So DJ goes on podcasts and shit like this, and people are asking him, hey, why didn't you do any promos back? Why didn't you respond to any of that? Well, because I'm stepping away from wrestling after Cage of Death. So I didn't which, again, makes no fucking sense. Because if you gave a fuck about your company at all, you'd build up some kind of fucking angle where where you had to fucking leave wrestling. Or he, he, he won the match in a fashion that took you out. Or something like that to build more fucking heat and make people care about your company more rather than you, in plain fucking English, telling people, well, because I want to focus on the company and not wrestling. So... You wasted the spot of one of the most over guys in the company in order to then step away from wrestling by your own accord. And again, just waste that spot on what's supposed to be the biggest show of the year in an opener to just throw Chris Dickinson's spot in the garbage, more or less. So then you go from there to quote-unquote focus on the company. You fucking don't wrestle until Nick Gage gets out of prison for his fucking triumphant return to to Tournament of Death, and you interject your fucking self in the match with Nick Gage because you you needed to do that. You're the only fucking three-way in the tournament because you had to be involved in it, and you had to be in the ring with Nick Gage when he came back to Tournament of Death because you cared so much about the fucking the, the company, not the wrestling. So you had to involve yourself. For nobody, that that was, you know, it's for yourself. All these things are for, for yourself, DJ. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. No one wants to see it, but it's your company, so you could do what you want. Yeah, we get it. We get it. I mean, you could run the company like shit, because that's what you want. So, and then you go from that to, like I said earlier, which is, you bring fucking milk chocolate in. You haven't actively wrestled other than that, that fucking tournament of death match. Fucking they come in, you look at them like, how the fuck did you get here? Why are you guys singing? And then you let them leave. Next month, you do the same thing. Now you come out in your silly little robe and you squash two guys that can fucking work better than you. 
So you fucking squash them. Okay, DJ's gone again. Oh, okay. Gage isn't around because Gage went to prison. Well, you'll stand in the ring and go, some unfortunate, some, oh, I'll just say bullshit, some bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. It's fucking uh, what happens when, when uh, you do illegal shit. It's not, it's not called bullshit. That's, uh, that's, that's what happens when you do uh, illegal things or, or you violate probation. That's, that's what happens. So, anyway, then you got this match that had no build, but in the same token, you had... Tremont, Masada, Dev, and A.R. Fox in a four-way at Cage of Death, that's your Cage of Death match. Okay, that's exciting. Now we have a couple shows to build that match. So why not have a couple incarnations of that match split into singles so that way maybe some feud could happen and you leave some kind of unfinished business on the table that they wind up meeting at Cage of Death? Nope. I'm filling the last two fucking shows with myself first Matt Tremo. Get the fuck out of here. That's what fucking DJ does. So fucking in Ohio, him versus Tremont. In Jersey, him versus Tremont. And then there's no more time to build, and he just goes into fucking Cage of Death against three other people that aren't DJ. Fucking worthless, self-promoting bullshit. That's why DJ deserves to fucking fail, because he does things for his own benefit, not for the company's benefit, not for the fans' enjoyment, for him fucking self. So we could write down that when Tremont was on fire, I wrestled him in the fucking skate zone, and I wrestled him in Ohio. When Gage got out of prison, I fucking wrestled him in Delaware. When fucking Dickinson was on fire, I wrestled him in Cage of Death. It's all for just your little fucking DJ bucket list. It's not for anything that benefits the company whatsoever. And then you pat yourself on the back and fucking shoot interviews and pretend like the reason they're over is you. Fucking garbage. Absolute fucking garbage. Where's my fucking drop? Ah, oh, Jesus. I didn't have it queued up, so now I gotta scroll up and just fill time. DJ but anyway. Hyde, fuck you. One more time. What's that? DJ Hyde, fuck you. Yeah, I think you're right, Eddie. All right, so look, um, that that that's about it. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take it home, and then I'm gonna come back next week, talk some more shit, see how things go. But um, yeah, man. Like I said, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, like I said, I had a lot of fucking, I had a lot of yapping to do tonight, so it was uh, a little bit of a longer one. But um, like I said, next week, Leo Rush. Excited to talk to that guy. He's fucking killing it out there. Um, check out uh, Andrew Carluck, the Stern Nation over there. See what he's up to. Check out Sports Den. They do all sorts of things. Uh, I'm sure they're talking football, baseball, all that stuff. Hockey. I think hockey's happening now. I wouldn't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, check out Josh Crane for T-shirts. And um, buy a fucking Zandig shirt, for Christ's sakes. All right? I'll talk to you motherfuckers later, peace. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers... I say, that's the bad guy. So, 